the thing I like that they used on it. Like, it actually tastes like, you know, pretty okay chocolate overall compared to, you know, what you get in a lot of those. Because that's, like, just the Target store brand. It's mix. one of the worst things about the mixes. Too often, like, one ingredient, or at least one, is going to be, like, the ghetto quality. And it'll throw off the flavor of everything else. Does it meet your approval? The flavor completely got drowned out by the Muddy Buddy. Oh, well. <laughs> so it's like, I don't really taste it. Clear out I taste kind of a chocolatey, cereal-y, yeah. peanut buttery type yeah. of thing. Yeah. The curse of the Muddy Buddy. You got the Mud Butt, Dan? Mud Butt. That's the wrong type of Muddy Buddy. I was happy to see that... There's another McElroy podcast. The besties, right? Yeah. They're doing another. I uh, don't know what. So they got Russ Fushtrick, and then I don't know who the fourth person is. But, like, Russ and Justin were always good on. um, The Polygon one? Like, did you ever see Upstanding Citizen? No. Or upright citizen. It was where Russ would play Grand Theft Auto oh, Five yeah, in first and person, Justin and Justin was like the devil, going, "I have a cheat code." Before you start, I can grab me some Yeah, I can get you a bark. It's got bite. It's got bite. It's got bite. So it's telling John about why I didn't, why I couldn't podcast last week. <laughs> so you know, it's really fucking cold. And I said I was iced in. But the thing is, it wasn't raining or anything, so why would I be iced in? It's just cold. So two houses up from me, literally up, is the meth head house. Not the method house. Oh, so you got iced. No, no. So I woke up, and I was like, why is there a layer of ice at the bottom of the cul-de-sac? As I'm looking at it, just confused, my neighbor... My neighbor who lives next to me, who always complains about the meth heads, he was outside, and he's like, yeah, those no good fucking meth heads. Like, he kind of has an attitude of, like, Denzel Washington in Training Day. Like, I have heard him say, this is my street. This is my street, my neighborhood. I've heard him say, like, you don't bring that shit into my neighborhood. So he's kind of like Denzel on Training Day. And he just starts going off about those no good meth heads all of a sudden decide to wash their fucking broken down car at 10 p.m. last night. They washed a car that I have never seen them move. I don't know if you saw like this rusted out Mazda Miata in front of their house. They decide to wash this rusted out Miata that I don't think even has an engine at 10 p.m. when it was already below freezing outside get your car prepared when you do your deals. I think they hit, you know, when you do meth, every once in a while you get that obsessive cleaning compulsion. No, I don't know this. See, I know it from commercials. Remember, there's that one with the woman with a toothbrush in the bathroom scrubbing tiles. Or there's Jimmy Tango's Fat Busters. No? Okay. No. It's an SNL sketch. Jim Carrey. No. Will Ferrell's wearing a heat bead vest and he says he's the devil. Oh, okay. I didn't watch much SNL during the Will Ferrell days. That is actually a very funny sketch, because it's, I mean, you know, Jim Carrey hasn't done much nowadays other than be kind of weird. and Although politically kind of interesting. But, you know, uh, his is actually, that sketch is actually very funny. So, See, that's the one bad thing about when SNL was kind of at its lower years, is just like with The Simpsons, when they were really shitty, they were really bad, but when they were good, 
it was fucking gold. Like, for example, Simpsons. I remember there was this episode where Bart and Homer converted to being Catholic. And it's an episode with Liam Neeson. Surrounding it was horrible episodes. But that episode was fucking gold. Like, they showed Protestant heaven versus Catholic heaven. Jesus wanted to hang out in Catholic heaven because it had, like, the Irish and the Mexicans, so they knew how to party. And you just had the boring Anglo-Saxons. The wasps. In the, in the, uh... <clears throat> they were playing like croquet, wearing like sweaters tied around their shoulders. When Marge asked where Jesus was to speak with him, they're like, he's over in Catholic heaven. And it shows him playing limbo with, you know, with the Mexicans and the, the Irish. Yeah. They're having fun. What's going on, Dan? Controversial podcast. Yeah, we're talking religion here. Hey, I was Protestant. I'm now Catholic. I could talk about either of those. Can we talk about your thetan levels, though, Kevin? Those are my... We really need to have a discussion about your thetan levels. Actually, you know what we could discuss? Good news. Because the world is so fucking broken in some ways, we could just say it. Elon Elon Musk is a pedophile. We could say it with no fear of legal ramifications, because he has proven you could baselessly call someone a pedophile, say they sexually abuse little boys... And then even hire someone to look for evidence of it when you're called out on it. And it's perfectly legal according to the U.S. legal system. On relay notes, fuck the U.S. legal system. <clears throat> and might as well get out there. Fuck U.S. Uh, UPS. Uh, yeah, that was, that was rough reading about that. Yeah. yeah or watching the videos from the live... <sighs> Where police are using civilians as bullet sponges. As you vote, as you said so succinctly, Dan. Three words. Don't trust cops. Or as NWA once <coughs> said. Fuck, fuck the police. Fuck the police. Yeah, that was that. Uh, yeah, a bunch of toy soldiers. Try to- <clears throat> yep. Instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is to serve and protect. <clears throat> oh, they're serving and protecting. question is who. Who watches the Watchmen? Uh, I watch it, like, every week. Yeah, I mean, there's Kinda two more. Kind of crazy. No, one episode left, right? We're at the no, back. I think two. two. Is it two? Okay. Yep. I think it's at two. Okay, okay. Silicon yeah. Valley is finale is this <clears throat> Sunday. Yeah. And, of course, his Dark Materials only has, like, three. three more left, yeah. Fuck, it's all ending. Yeah. It's, you know. Mandalorian only has, I think, like, four more. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. What am I going to do? I don't know. Expanse is coming soon. Yeah, this week. I want to watch that. I want to watch. I mean, a Witcher comes out in a couple. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, we're gonna watch that just yeah, because I, I, I mean, got. Why not? Yeah, gotta know. Like, <laughs> <coughs> it's on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yep. And with the Expanse, we get to watch as many episodes as we want. And then, of course, on the note of Netflix, I had no reason to really watch it, but it's good to know that uh, Messiah got spoiled. That's. Uh, oh yeah, what is that about? That's a comic series. I, I heard comic about series? that. Thing, so it's but... about a guy who comes out pretty much saying, "I'm a messiah." He starts like, "Oh yeah," he's the new savior. Like everyone flocks to him, except Netflix showrunners for it decided to name the guy a name in Arabic that yeah, if you speak Arabic, Antichrist. Yeah, it's it's the equivalent of calling a guy like. Yeah, Eddie Antichrist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we know the so end. He literally spoiled the entire premise <coughs> of the show with his name. With his name. Yeah. I mean, it's not the most egregious form of 
privilege, but this is also how like privilege makes. <laughs> this is what happens when dumb. white people. Well, yeah, it just makes you dumb, right? Man. You're just like completely oblivious to the fact that I'm other people be- speak languages, <laughs> and, and then you're just like, oh, cool. Wouldn't it be cool if he was if he was the Antichrist, but in Arabic? Nobody would ever find this out, other than the billions of Muslims. Sir. There's a lot of Muslims out there. Yeah. Um, maybe we should come up with a different name. You know, it's... I'm not going to watch Netflix. It's a U.S. thing. Nobody gets it outside yeah. of there. You know, Stupid. if Chinese didn't exist, if all the dialects of Chinese, it's the most spoken language in the world. No, that's English. No, no sir, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody speaks English in the world. It's actually a kind of smaller group. I mean, Spanish is bigger. It is a dominant language because we have a big dick and we swung around and said and everybody's going to speak English. Uh, the, what is, how do they call it? The lingua franca? The yeah, business, lingua franca. The business language. Yeah. That's what English is. Yeah, and also, like... <coughs> if, you you're know, a air, if you're a pilot, you have to speak <coughs> English because all of the air traffic communication is only in English. Only in English? Yeah, mm-hmm. all around the world. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. I mean, we invented it, so we get to fucking. It is good to have a universal language. Yeah, everybody for it, has to but... speak. Yes. Everybody has to speak one language. So yeah, you like, gotta speak basic, and you gotta be able to read Arabic. Because if you don't, if you don't, you can't make your way through the galaxy. But but yes, it's really or, it's or just Arabesh. really dumb when it's just like, why aren't you guys? Did you guys just give this because you thought it'd be cool to have an Arabic name? Yeah, that's what I do in like fucking like uh, like uh, role playing games. Yeah. where I'm just like, oh, this would be a cool name. I don't know what it exactly means, but I'm not making a TV show. Or when I'm playing a you know a character in an Oriental themed campaign, <coughs> and I look up Oriental. The, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh sh. All right, it's been a good podcast. Good night, everyone. It's not the most. It's not the most PC of terms anymore. It used to anymore. be called Oriental Adventures. That's the reason yeah. sprung to mind. You can you can you can call it the 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 D and D module Oriental yes. Adventures because it's called that. Was what we were playing and using that terminology. It was yeah. You, know, you come up, up with like a Chinese name. Yeah, I looked like, up I'm what like I looked up what like wind was. For, yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna use that. Yeah, as a that's fine. Name. You're just playing with your mates. Yeah, I'm Hong Kong. You know, you're just playing with your Peter Lin. <laughs> My name is Mao Zedong. Bruce Lee. <coughs> you're just playing with your mates. You're not making a major television show for a for, for the, the world, biggest, a global streaming, audience, yeah. streaming service. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because it's not even like it's not exact. It's not even offensive. It's just really it's dumb. dumb. Yeah. yeah, it's not even. Like, so it's <laughs> like it's more the fun part of like of like PC culture. And it's yeah. not even PC. It's like no. yeah, that's what that means. Yeah. You're just really stupid about like cool. Not you know looked it up what, on the internet and figured yeah. out what it meant. <laughs> you know how to use Google Translate. It'd be like if somebody's making a show that was entirely filmed in Arabic, and they named like the false Messiah Billy Antichrist. Yeah. Except for they wouldn't do that because <clears throat> I imagine English speaking white privilege is probably about the strongest privilege well, there and is. And also, yeah, people probably. I mean, you know, you. Know have to make your way in the world other other countries probably don't tend to go let's put into google translate antichrist yeah that was a fun like like saladin amid yeah i must like, have missed that like laughing because i thought i followed it was just like yeah <laughs> like everybody uh, as soon as they saw like the the, <coughs> the, the information the on the synopsis of it they're oh just my like, god <coughs> 
um, his name is the Antichrist. So it's like it's literally <clears throat> I imagine Homer Simpson like his really annoying like wahaha laugh yeah. when he that's like <laughs> literally what I imagine all the people who speak Arabic looking at that and just going really yeah I mean it's also done because like it's also a Google Translate away right yeah. so even if you don't speak Arabic you're like oh I wonder what that means it's like oh. This is, I mean, did you, don't you know that the world is connected? Like, this is going to go out, like, as soon as it drops. Oh, somebody's going to look up the name and go, whoa, you just dropped a major spoiler in the name. Oh, it's it almost as egregious as Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral and being, the soundtrack. Yeah, on the soundtrack of episode one before yeah. it came out. Or, you know, here's the big yeah, one. EA having their commercial for Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order during Thanksgiving. I heard about that. Didn't watch it, but I heard Oh, yeah, then they spoiled <laughs> like the, the, the reveal the, at the end. Someone who's we're in not the game. To, yeah, we're not going to spoil it, but yes. Don't don't watch ads or trailers for anything anymore, because do you know who puts them together? Marketing people. Not the people who made the product, because they'd go, I mean, it's, no. not, it's not so bad to have like a reveal like that known, because then you can anticipate it. It'll be a different flow, but like yeah. how that game is structured, it's it's a surprise. Yes. So it's like, it's, I mean, you know, like, you want to have a little bit of surprise. Yeah. It's especially surprising for, like, even casual Star Wars fans. Like, people like us, who, you know, have paid attention to the expanded canon in some cases more than others. Um, you know, like, you know that, that, that things have happened where characters have shown up that you don't expect them to. But the way, yeah, like you said, the way that game was structured, you didn't <coughs> feel like something like this would have happened. And, you know, that's why it's more impactful. And then for a marketing department, somebody cutting together a trailer... You know who's a cool character? Let's put them into this trailer. No, don't. Don't. Harrison Ford's Force Ghost is in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Even though he's not dead yet. He's got the Force, (coughs) and he can travel through time. He's a time-traveling ghost. Ah, Jesus. I wonder how time travel works to start Star Wars. I don't think they've ever... They have never had any time travel stuff in Star Wars. Star Trek is fly around the sun, and you travel back in time. And then you look for nuclear nuclear vessels. Superman, you just spin around one planet, and all of existence travels back in time. That's funny. Even as a kid, (laughs) you're like, I don't know if that's that's how that works, but okay. That makes no sense. Cool, Superman's cool. Our naive child minds were like, whatever, that's cool, Superman's awesome. He can do anything. Leap tall buildings in a single bound. Oh, as a child, you're just like, I accept it. I accept whatever. It doesn't matter what it what it is. It's just like, <coughs> you know, kids uh, being chased by FBI agents with walkie-talkies in their hands. I accept it. They were guns, Dan. They, they were guns. They were guns, Dan. They were FBI agents, and they had guns. Walkie-talkies. Because we're a paranoid society, and we want to kill what we don't understand. You know, I don't know. Spielberg had a really good view of how how we would probably react to aliens coming to us, and that would be pull out a gun and aim. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's talk about it. If like if like aliens came by tomorrow, right? Like, would we? I mean, would society or would us? No, I'm just talking about us. Personal opinions. What what, what would our reaction be? I mean, I guess it would depend on the kind of way that they enter, right? But Um, if they enter like. Independence Day is probably along the lines of, well, it's been a good run. But let's say, like, one spacecraft, you know, one or two uh, alien individuals 
are here. Like, do we like the Vulcans we, in first? Would contact. we personally not not talking about like the world's uh, realistic reaction or something? But we personally would would we be <coughs> fearful or would we be would we be uh, would we be curious? Would we want to like? Oh, I hope we like have understanding. Maybe we can get hyperdrive. I am. I my optimistic <laughs> mind is that mindset. I, but I can't honestly tell you that's how I'd react. Yeah, because it'd be kind of freaky. Right? It'd be, of course, it'd be it'd be it'd be that realization that that everything that we know <coughs> about the universe is, I mean, somewhat true. Like we have hypotheses. We're like, there has to be life out there, right? I but mean, like, space actually, is infinite. Yeah. It's a good chance. But like having that actually confirmed for us, and having <coughs> it be intelligent life that shows up goes. And then now it's not theory, right? Like whatever that alien says or does or something. Yeah. Like now this is now we're writing a new book. Yeah, like this is not like Carl Sagan writing a writing a book. Of what might happen? Of my ha- yeah, like- I have a prediction of what most people would end up doing. All of a sudden, you're glued in front of the TV slash computer, and you're just watching every fucking media update yeah. of whatever news you follow. Oh yeah, and you are not going to move an inch. Oh, society would come to a standstill. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I wonder because that's the usual prognosis, right? Like, oh, it comes to the stance that everybody changes. Like, but maybe but there the would most, be those people who would just go about their day. Maybe and, the most cynical version yeah, is yeah. that it just kind of happens, and then we just move on, and we're like, yeah, but Baby Yoda's cute. Or like you know, oh, Witcher, Witcher did something you know, like like offensive and like fuck this, fuck this show, yeah, dude. Daisy Ridley like says some weird <coughs> shit in like an interview recently. Uh-oh. Here's what happens: what aliens oh. arrive on a Monday. The world is just frozen. You look at Twitter; almost yeah. nothing except an occasional like the world is still flat or some weird bullshit thing from nut jobs. And then comes Friday, and it's like. Just baby Yoda gifts yeah. everywhere, and it's like pizza rat hey, makes dude, a comeback. That was fucking cool. Baby Yoda like lifted <coughs> up the ship, and like that's for certain the <laughs> cynical outlook. I think that's the most cynical. Not even the we fear it and we have to fight it or yeah. kill it or torture it. Like it's like yeah, whatever. It's, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's just mundane. Treating it in the most hey, mundane way possible. No, no, we treated it very seriously. But Baby Yoda, there's only like four epi- four or five episodes yeah. left. So I mean, holy shit, Baby Yoda. I wonder. Yeah, I'd like to believe that it'd be like wondrous and like the most. It would be the most significant event of human history. Yes. Like I mean, <clears throat> bar none. I think I don't think anything would come close. Like we have several inventions and like going to the moon and all that stuff and flight and like even like bad things like World War Two, but yeah. like but like that would be that well, would, I mean that would change a lot of things. This like would technology. actually it would actually affect everyone. Yeah. I mean like World War Two affected a lot of people, but it didn't really affect everyone. Yes. Like if aliens show up, that is that something. affects the yeah. entire world, no matter where yeah. they show up to. Yeah. I think it would be pretty bad. Every government would try to saddle up to like. It's. I mean, it's kind of like the the District Nine. Like, <laughs> what happens is like the aliens decide to land in South Africa, and what happens then? It's also kind of like the the Superman Red Sun story, right? Like, because like, what if the gods are not on our side, right? Yeah. Because like, because like, right now it's like it's up in the air, and it's just a it's a philosophy thing. Yeah. It's like whether or not you're. With the United States or NATO, and or if you're with uh, China or Russia or you know the various it divisions goes, in, we're in still the North sharing Co- the planet, we're not the like, aliens land. Well, and we also we have allies, right? And we we theoretically can 
can win whatever philosophy, political struggle or something. Yeah. We can out- influence the outcome. But if <clears throat> aliens come in with super advanced technology and they only want to work with the Chinese. No, yeah. North like, Korea. Or North like, Korea. Like, what, what do we do then, right? We don't, we don't have any other option. Yeah. Like, we can't fucking fight the aliens. Oh, here's why the aliens would land in North Korea. They go, we realize us coming to your planet <coughs> is going to cause a large-scale incident, like, no matter where we show up. So we went with a country that's mostly isolated so that our presence could be small at start. And then it's fine. I still, there's a book series that I like. The Turtle Dove ones, right? Yeah, called... Uh, I forget what it's <coughs> called, what the series World is. War. Yeah. <coughs> It's not a good book series overall, because yeah. especially after the first book, it becomes, like, really bad. And then the third book, like, the writing really suffers. <laughs> but it's got a cool hook. Yeah. Because it's 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 basically, what if the aliens came during, I think it was 1942, in the middle of World War II. And, like, and then they <laughs> launched their invasion, right? But, so, like, but they make a very, it's a very good, like, in-lore <clears throat> fiction about, like, how we can actually reasonably fight back. Like, we're... Fucking plastered because their their technology is way advanced. Yeah. But they prepared for the invasion, thinking we were still we were still um, <clears throat> uh, knights in plate the dark ages. Yeah, <laughs> because because that's the last time before they launched the the invasion. That's when they looked at us and went, "Oh, that's what they the technology level." So we only need this much this much like material and manpower, and we don't need the super advanced stuff. So we just need to put this kind of <clears throat> thing because they age extremely slowly. Yeah. So they just assumed we ex- we age extremely slowly. They so, made a tactical error that they yeah. would be. So it's pretty cool, and the sequel is actually really interesting because it's called Colonization. Because I mean, the aliens don't go away; we don't wipe them out. So eventually, like parts of the world are alien alien. lands. Yeah. Actually, parts of the world are nuclear wastelands because we drop we, the bombs because <laughs> the aliens and us also drop the bombs mm-hmm. in. Uh, I think Miami got sacrificed. Parts of the is that really a sacrifice or a loss? I mean, but like colonization, because the invasion was supposed to pave way for the colonization to come, like twenty years later. So the colonization ships come in the nineteen sixties, and there's still like people fighting. I mean, there's like a uneasy kind of truth. Okay. Because the aliens have only so much manpower and 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 materials, so even though they're destroying like like hundreds of tanks, eventually. With everyone we take out, eventually, like, there's no more... Yeah. There's nothing, they're not getting resupply. They're not getting resupply. If they run out of ammunition. <clears throat> yeah. For some reason, they're really uh, they're really uh, prone to cat food. There's a yeah. whole subplot. The aliens, for some reason, meow, meow, love meow, fucking meow, cat meow, food. Meow, meow, so meow, meow, they will, meow, like, meow, negotiate meow, and meow, trade things meow, for meow. cat food. Like, trade deals... <laughs> when I say this, this book goes in weird ways... <coughs> That's what I mean. Chicken, fish, beef, and liver. Mail mix, won't you please deliver? The, the Daisy Ridley stuff, really quick, was uh, uh, she was in an interview, <coughs> and uh, I forget if it was GQ or something, but like the interviewer um, asked about uh, basically the subject of like of like oh like you know privilege and like how how like that kind of influenced your career and stuff like that. And uh, she makes remarks of basically saying, like, oh, I don't think I have any kind of privilege, even though she's actually upper class. Her, her, her father or grandfather is an OBE, Order of the British Empire. Like, they're connected. She went to top private schools and stuff like that. She's not... And then she, she even <coughs> makes a comparison. Oh, you know, like, me and John Boyega, like, our growing up is, like, is probably exactly the same. No. I don't see any difference. And no. Like, uh, Boyega grew up on estates, which is the English word of projects. And like, he's black. Yeah, 
he had to take. I think I was reading. He had to take a hardship scholarship uh, to to get into the theaters <laughs> program that that like Ridley, Daisy Ridley's also part of. So. I mean, you there's know... A, there's a bit of a disconnect between... I think it's just a disconnect. She just yeah. doesn't ever see... And also... I, I wonder also if she's also defensive about, like... About, like, you know... Like, people saying, like, Oh, you didn't actually work for it. And it's like... <clears throat> you know, when people bring up that stuff, it's not really so much that they're saying that you worked for it. It's more that, like... Hey, you have to also acknowledge that maybe you had it a little easier. And that's okay. <laughs> I had it you pretty know? easy, you know? Compared to a lot of people. <clears throat> yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's not a hard thing to say. You shouldn't feel bad for who you are because of who you are. No. But you need to accept if you <coughs> do have a privilege. Yeah. You have to accept that you have that privilege. Yeah. I don't think she's a bad person. No, no. That she's, you know. Just, a little ignorant. Yes. Yeah. Just, we can't be everything to all people. No, you, and you, can, an so, you can say your differences and appreciate them and say, like, hey, I was extremely lucky that I was able to not have to worry about these things that everybody else had to worry about. I think if you're British upper class, it's really too. Yeah. It, it sounds like British kind of get a little... I mean, if you really think about it, like, we have, like, class problems <laughs> in America about, like, the rich and everything. But most of our rich, except for a few, are, like... Are like one generation removed of not being rich. Yeah. Right. So even Donald Trump is rich, but his dad was rich, and it's it wasn't it wasn't like his grand. I don't think his grandfather or great great grandfather was really rich. You know, there's not really old money. Not in the same way that like Britain has old money. Britain has like centuries of yeah. money. Britain has dynasty <clears throat> money. Yeah, yeah. So those people who are like rich and connected, like we're more kind of in a way. One of our benefits is that we're like. Like, anybody can become rich. Yeah. That's also one of the problems that we have is because we think anybody become, can become rich, so fuck the poor, because why don't you just become rich? Yeah. I mean, why aren't they trying? Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, in Britain, in Britain land, like, I mean, you're you're not going to become part of the upper class, man. No. You don't... I mean, it's not like the old times when you could just kill some people and forge some <clears throat> paperwork and be like, I am a lord now! Yeah, but even that takes time. Yeah, it took some time. But, like, you can't really do that <clears throat> nowadays. Like, but, yeah, like, J.K. Rowling is rich in Britain, <clears throat> but she's not... She she's, started off relatively poor. I mean, but she, but she's also... I mean, as much as she's, what, the richest person in Britain or something? Or she's whatever, not even on, like, the... No, she's not on the same level as, like, some of these lords and yeah. counts that we <clears throat> don't even know about. Yeah. Like, this, you're not no. you're not going to be that. No. You know, it comes down to, what was it, uh, the Chris Rock sketch where he <clears throat> talks about the difference between people who are rich and people who are wealthy. Yeah. In Britain, it's like, you are rich or you are noble. Yes. I mean, they have a whole fucking house in their parliament for yep. those guys. They're based nothing but on nothing <coughs> other but than... their hereditary title. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, imagine if we had a part of our government like that. We'd be more fucked than we are. Yeah, I mean, we're you know, our, our party system allows that to happen anyway, in a, in a weird way, but like... The Kennedys? <clears throat> but yeah, but like, even the Kennedys, right? Like, they're still... I mean, the family's still rich and has some influence, but yes. it's not even not even close to the same. No. They had a lot more power in the past, and yeah. they also had zero power in the past yeah. of that past. When and we were, then, and well, then even our society nowadays, like, I mean, that doesn't even actually mean it. I mean, to a, like, a 25-year-old, like, a Kennedy doesn't even mean anything. No. Even to us, it kind of really didn't mean anything other than our parents grew up with it, so we knew about it. And then, you know, the, the most famous Kennedy is the guy who got shot. Right, I mean, so there's it's part of the culture. The two most famous Kennedys are the ones who got shot. Yeah, that's true. 
It's and part the of the most famous Kennedy is the one who got who drove a woman into a lake. Yeah. Oh, or I don't know. It seems like tied, considering our age, or like died skiing. Died in a, was it plane crash? Skiing or plane oh. crash? He died in a plane crash on his way to skiing. Are we one thinking of John Denver? It, John Denver's the one. They who died. happened at the same time, and like. Yeah. Sonny Bono was around the same time also. Like, they all died in a plane or skiing while going to a plane or going to go ski. But yeah, that's that's American churn, right? Like, there's not... I mean, that person, that family doesn't matter as much. I mean, they matter in some way, but, like, it doesn't matter as much. Now, if, like, you know, a Kennedy Scion decides, you know, runs for Senate and becomes, like... You know, powerful and influential again, like maybe. I mean, there was there was a guy, right? Was there one of the Kennedys running again? Yeah, yeah. There is a younger Kennedy. Yeah, he out he, there. He was piloting the plane that crashed, That's, ah. he, and he died. So. Oh, poor John. Yeah, well. Maybe it could have been something. Maybe. I don't know if he was. I don't I know, know if he was. Into, he didn't have that. Yeah, I don't think he had a magazine. Yes. Yeah, he was kind of influential. Yeah, but he was not. I don't know if he had the po- political bug that in a way like that was kind of commendable because he was just content to kind of be rich successful yeah like <laughs> like I, and he, I, he did seem like he worked like he wasn't he wasn't the the cheeto homunculus and just trying to live off of oh yeah i mean you know the kennedys <clears throat> at least for their credit in some way worked yeah yeah like i mean they still worked <clears throat> as rich people worked uh-huh yeah in high positions, you know, yeah, but they, they were still... instantly gifted high positions. But they're still they still work. But they, yeah, it never seemed like they were they were. I uh, mean, say what you will about Ted, but that guy worked because like he had yeah. to yeah. <laughs> he had to work too. Make yeah. people forget about yeah. a pretty terrible thing he did in his twenties. And you know what? For John F. Kennedy, <clears throat> he had to work pretty hard considering all of the physical things he had going wrong for him. Yeah, like his body was falling apart yeah. when he was young, and all the mob money he owed. Speaking of which. I've been watching parts of the of the of the Irishman. You've been taking three years to watch Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. I mean, it's three and a half hours. It's a bit too much. Uh-huh. So now we're a year. Yeah. So I've been. I think I have like maybe forty five minutes left or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. The last time I was watching it, I was playing with my toys and I wasn't really paying attention. I was just listening to it. <coughs> Because here's dulcet tones of Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Here's the Irishman. Here's the Irishman in a nutshell. Okay. Fabulous acting. Oh my god. There's a reason why these guys are so good, and Joe Pesci's so good in this. Like, like, (coughs) like Joe Pesci has like crazy range Uh because I mean he was in Home Alone, right? I saw the Super. I mean, I like he's 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 been he's been bad. I mean, he's been like comedic. He's been like the also like annoying gangster type, like crazy gangster type. In this one, he is the the Godfather <laughs> mafioso gangster type, where it's just like when I say something has to happen, it's gonna happen. Instead of being the the low level thug, he's or, the kind of guy where he says man. where he says um, when somebody's disagreeing with him, and then he goes, "I'm trying to help you," and then that person turns white. Because he realizes this is the end of the conversation, <laughs> and now you have to see it my way, or, or you're going to get whacked, <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa. So the thing about it is that it's also three fucking hours long. So there's a lot of repeat of scenes. <laughs> what I was just saying about like, uh, like, oh, um, you know, you, I'm trying to help you. So Jimmy Hoffa being played by Al Pacino is it has the same conversation with Al Pacino and Joe Pesci in two different parts of the movie, almost an hour apart. Well, like, maybe 45 minutes apart. It's the same conversation. Where they're like trying to tell Jimmy Hoffa to calm the fuck down. And like and like he's like I don't I don't take orders from anybody and they're like 
look, this is coming from the top top, like even past Joe Pesci. So you have to, and then he's like, I don't give a fuck. And then he's just like, I'm trying to help you. So I, so obviously they're setting him up to get whacked at some point. I think that's probably like the, the climax of the movie, but it's just too meandering. Mm. It's like all over the place. Like it's actually pretty fun to watch it in segments because it's like, Oh cool. There's like, like kind of breaks. Um, but it's just way too long. There's nothing new that's going on. Everything you've seen in a gangster movie happens in this movie, right? Like you, you, uh, you know the whole like the whole like oh you know what ha- like you know uh, Al Pacino no uh, Robert De Niro saying like to his daughter like hey what happened what's wrong and then like the mom saying like oh you know the shop shopkeeper pushed her because she said she was getting rowdy and then he, and then he says to his daughter come with me and he goes over and beats the shit out of the shopkeeper he's like you talking to my daughter you talking to my daughter you talking he does the Al Pacino thing and <clears> it, or the, the Robert De Niro thing. And it's just like I've seen this before a million times, right? I've seen the I've seen the I've seen the like hey, like the come to Jesus thing where it's yeah. just like like hey you fucked up uh, Robert De Niro, but look, do you even know who you were who you were uh, trying to commit arson against? He's like, oh, I don't know, I'm just doing the job, I'm just doing the job. And Joe Pesci says, I'm trying to help you, right? And then and then Robert De Niro realizes, oh, I fucked up. And then like and then like I think it's Harvey Keitel says. Says, uh, you have a good friend here talking to Joe Pesci. It's a very good friend. You listen to your friend. You know, like the whole like mafioso undertones of like this is the like, guy who is going to keep you. From well, this is killed. the guy that kind of saved your life yeah. by by speaking good about you. <laughs> We've seen all of this before. It's nothing new. <clears throat> Though, I mean, the thing to watch it for is like it's just really fucking good acting. Like Al Pacino is chewing up the room. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro is doing his De Niro cool thing. Mm-hmm. Pesci is doing really cool stuff. All the bit players are all doing really cool stuff. <clears throat> if they're not women, because there's hardly women in this movie, and there's hardly any women talking. Which, I mean... It's not a surprise from where it came from. Uh, not a surprise, right? It's about it's about mof, mof, mob, and it's about teamsters. Yes. It's very, very men-centered. Uh, centered. Um, the thing that is weird about this movie, right, is the de-aging <clears throat> technology... Oh no! Sometimes looks spot on, especially when it's in low light and shadows. But sometimes it sometimes it looks weird, but not like to the point where like this looks <coughs> farcical. Not like Gemini Man, which is another movie I watched since we last podcast, oh, yeah. which that looks farcical, especially in the light. There's some low light stuff where it's like, wow, that looks like what Will Smith would maybe look like. But like here, it looks pretty good. At the same time, though. You get very confused because it's about it's about uh, 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 De Niro's character talking about various points in his life, and it kind of skips around. So you're like, "What which, age are they supposed to be?" Of, no, it's like, like literally, yeah. "What age are they supposed to be?" Yeah. Like, I can't tell because De Niro still looks like De Niro even when they de-age him a little bit, and whatever they did, they didn't de-age him all the way. So it's like, is he supposed to be 35 here? He, he looks, looks like he's 45. He looks 50. like my idea of what De Niro looked like yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. But not young. Yes. Not like Godfather, not Godfather too, too young. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Where it's just like this is weird. Also, I mean, they still they're still the the actors, right? So when they move around, it's like that's an old man walk. Especially De Niro's like at one point throwing a gun into 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 um, uh, the what, like a bay or something, and he has to step on some rocks, and it just looks like an old dude trying to step on step on some rocks. But his face is all digitized. He's doing very ginger. Also, stuff. he has blue eyes, which I think the real guy had blue eyes, but ah, okay. it looks fucking weird. 
yeah. on De Niro because De Niro doesn't have blue eyes. Hey, you know, Stallone wore blue contacts for Judge Dredd. So. I mean, Pesci looks great because a lot of his scenes are like low, low light, and, you know. So he looks pretty great, like a bar or a restaurant or something. So like yeah, that. it's it's also it's also like we know what those guys looked like when they were young. So like they didn't look like this. Well, it's also the, like I mean, De Niro was thin when he was young, and he wasn't like he wasn't squat, stocky, yeah. stocky mm-hmm. old man. And that might be the character he's playing, but it's also like <laughs> there's a. I there's think a it's our brain. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's what our brains have come to determine what the character. We our brains will always look at them as they look now. So when they try to show them the way that they might have looked at the time, we still can't. It's only it only works when we're watching an older movie that they were actually well, in. That and it's age, also right? one step further, right? Because he looks like what that character looked like back then. But since he's, you're telling me he's young De Niro. Yeah. Like I have an idea of what young De Niro looked like, and so like that guy's not him. Like the third layer. But that might be the character. Yeah. He might look like you know a little stocky or whatever. Yeah. But my brain is still like that's not De Niro. It's yeah, because De, De Niro was smooth. It's not De Niro, like yeah. even in his movements, yeah. he didn't look doddering or something no. like that. I mean, he's just old now. Yeah. He's like what, like eighty something? Yeah, he's he's hella maybe old. late, real late seventies. Because I mean, De Niro was up in the seventies. So the two thirds review seventy six. Yeah, the two thirds review. Was he born 43? Forty three. So he's one year older than my mom. So the the two thirds review in a nutshell is fantastic acting because these guys are the great, especially when they're playing mob dudes. These they are, bring it. They bring it. Yeah. And they're really good, but it's way too long, a little bit repetitive, and kind of weird. I mean, they're trying to do a thing of like you know what happens when mobsters get old. Yeah. There's also some like strange like. Like stuff because like sometimes they'll have like a guy in the background that kind of interacts with the scene very quickly, and then they'll have like a little snippet of like you'll like pause, and it'll be like, oh, this is you know Joey Franconi, and then he got shot seven times in the head or did ninety nine years, and and it's like that's kind of cool, but also like weird that it keeps doing it, and then like there's like there's like a guy, I think he's the guy from um, from Snatch, the uh, Tommy. I think he's oh, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. He plays one of the other. He was teamsters. Al Pacino in Boardwalk Empire too. If I'm yeah, he plays he plays one of the other teams. I think it's him. Okay, because they fucked up his face mm-hmm. too uh, with the digitized thing. Um, but like he shows up like fucking an hour and a half in the movie. Like there's a whole movie that happened already, uh-huh. and he shows up and he's a new key characters. part yeah, new of characters. the thing. I mean, even De Niro. I mean, uh, Pacino doesn't show up until almost like over an hour. That makes yeah, that into makes the movie. Well, you gotta build up all the. But it's kind of it's kind of cool the Hoffa stuff because yeah. I I would like to I would like to. Uh, well, the thing watch you're mentioning a, with the, the text bit. on the screen thing just basically remi- thinks, reminds me of like what we do sometimes when we watch movies or TV shows, and we're like, <laughs> "Oh, I want to Wikipedia that guy and see what the information oh, yeah. is on him." I mean, so, it's all right, but just uh, just kind of weird. It's like, like pop up video with your movie. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's just like, wow, that guy got shot seven times. It's that should have been. But also, like, I'm not sure what what this means. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that that would be it. something that you would want to put on a like a second viewing of that kind of movie as opposed to a first maybe. viewing. I mean, I kind of get what... I mean, I think, especially reading other people's reaction to it, I mean, what, what Scorsese is trying to do is, like, deconstruct the mob movie that he's made. Like, he's basically made the mob movie where it's yes. like, you know, it's like, it's great, and then maybe there's some trouble, but at the same time, you're still getting away with it. You know, Henry Hill. Uh-huh. Right? But, like, this one is just, like, what happens when they get old and, like, it's just, they're just, like, past it. Uh-huh. So I kind of I kind of understand some of that. Some guys die early, some guys don't, and stuff like that. I mean, he does he still does shoot a very uh, traumatic, uh, violent scene, especially like the casual stuff. 
because some of the some of the the mob hits that uh, De Niro goes on, or the house cleaning as he calls it, or house painting. Mm. He's a good painter. Okay. Um, like how casual it is. Like that's that's pretty good. Like the one thing I do like about the older directors is that they're not trying to do like this whole like I'm panning around this guy and then like from like from like a low Dutch angle and stuff like that and then like and then just like getting into like the you know point of view with the bullet and shooting the guy in the face. It's just like no, there's like one third of the screen is is De Niro walking up to this guy and then just shooting this guy twice and then walking away and then there's no zoom up, no nothing. It's just like it's like that's I like that. Yeah. Cuz it it gives a it gives a flavor of one realism and two like how fucking casual they casual the and like how regular yeah. this looks right this doesn't look anything outside of just a normal yeah. scene other than the, the violent violent one yeah. second of him shooting this guy twice in the face yeah. anyway so there's my Irishman review two thirds review I watched all of Shazam since last week podcasted that movie is perfectly average yeah, yeah. for a DC movie it's a little bit fun yeah yeah. It's plenty fun. I, I, you know, like I told Dan, I think Zach Levi is having a ball as the character. I think he does a pretty good job embodying what a 15-year-old would be like if he Had suddenly, a God's suddenly, suddenly got God-like God superpowers. Um, but yeah, there's just, Dan described it best as it is a 90s-ass <laughs> superhero movie transplanted to modern times. Yeah, because yeah. we expect, like, the superhero movies to look like the comic books now, mm-hmm. right? This one is just like... Could have by the numbers, like, oh, I kind of got the powers. I'm kind of learning it a little bit. At the end, maybe we'll have a big fight. And, there, you know, like, there's cool things throughout, like, moments throughout it. But it did feel very, like, mundane for the most part. Like, it was, like, an origin story, but there wasn't as much grandioseness for that character, I think, that, that deserved. Because it was treated yeah, I mean, more like... Shazam. Yeah, because it's Shazam. Like, that's... On the pantheon of DC characters, I know he is not... <clears throat> He's not, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, or Superman, but like in the, at least in my mind, he's one of the cooler characters in that that pantheon. You know, like it's it's an interesting character who might have similar powers to Superman, but like it's also not not technically a, a DC property. A DC character. Yeah, it was a acquired. Well, now character. it is. It is now, but it wasn't at the time. Yeah. Then you have um, the whole Captain Marvel fiasco. Yes. He's actually technically called Captain Marvel. Yes. Shazam. Well, in the comics, he's still allowed to be called it. Yes, you exactly. just can't have the comic title be Captain yeah. Marvel. So weird. Yeah. Um, eh, you look at comics back oh, yeah, then, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like everyone was ripping off everyone. Oh, yeah, and then also, like, all the contracts were done on a piece of paper and then torn up by, like... Written on a napkin and then... Fucking mob ties, probably. Hands- handshake deals. And, and the term said, hey, if you invent a comic character or you're an artist, either way you do it, you're going to get fucked. I didn't know that Hoffa um, really disliked uh, JFK. I guess I don't know that much about Hoffa, other than we don't know what happened. Other than he probably definitely got he, killed. Probably, he got whacked. He probably got whacked, and his his body was disposed of in yeah. some way. Yeah, chopped up into little biscuits. Crushed into a car, you know, eaten by pigs. But there's a there's a really funny scene where because um, I think Hoffa's Irish. I think he is, and then he's like, he's like complaining about him being elected because they're showing the election footage, and he's like, "This fucking guy!" Blah, blah, blah. Ah, I guess he do- donated a bunch of money to Nixon, and then Nixon pardoned him, pardoned, pardoned him, pardoned uh-huh. Nixon, sense, yeah. as Nixon is wont to do. Yeah. What crooked politicians do bad things? 
Yeah. yeah and and apparently, <laughs> this the uh, the De Niro character um, supplied some of the guns to the Bay of Pigs thing. I mean, that's kind of part of the story, right? Yeah. It's like it's like this guy is like saying a bunch of stuff, but like a lot of it has actually been proven pretty false. Mm-hmm. But like, you know. it reminds me of the uh, the Chuck Barris uh, movie, the autobiography, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, yeah. where he tried to, you know, or I don't know if it's true or not, but he he claims that he was a CIA agent. Or who made that movie, like Big Little Big Man or something? Where that guy is basically just saying like a bunch of stuff. God, I don't know. Yeah, movie. it sounds va- vaguely familiar. I'm just the title. When I say little big man, isn't that like a Tim Allen movie? Sure. Shit, probably. <laughs> I think it's a movie where he's with a kid and like the kid's bossing him around because Tim Allen movie. Sure. The Santa Claus, right? That's what you're talking about. He puts on the suit. He becomes Santa. Now how about that Mandalorian? <clears throat> it's a good show. <clears throat> I have I have a Mandalorian heavy. Yeah, I have the big Mando. Big Mando. Big Mando. This is really cool because they announced they, there was rumors that it was going to come out, and then after episode three, which Big Mando isn't part of, um, he was suddenly on sale like the next the next day. Not not pre order. And then I got him like the Wednesday after that. Yeah. So it was like pretty cool. Yeah. And right. for some reason, he's a Best Buy exclusive, so I have to buy it on BestBuy.com. Yeah. Best Buy. Some of these exclusives just kind of fucking hurt Dude, my brain. The Walgreens yeah. ones are the, the, the Walgreens ones one that is make hilarious. me like, what? Yeah, that's a consistent thing. Walmart makes sense. Yes, because they're a big box store that sells more yeah. than just... But the Best Buy ones are like, what? Best Buy is, uh, like, I walked into the Bellevue <clears> one recently, and they have a big, like, chopped off section that's toys, because... Yeah, they gotta survive, because, like, yeah. you, you ever... Have you been in Fry's? <laughs> oh. No, not for oh. years. That's depressing. Yeah. Oh, is it, I went it there, like, like maybe town? about, like, four months ago, and then John went there recently, too. It's... It's, it's depressing. They're... They are more more and more seems like that is a just a warehouse to put stuff in because yeah. they have that fries go now they're competing with Amazon. Um, they do. I mean, it's just their stock that they have of stuff now is nothing. Like they don't. Yeah, I was gonna go to get new um, gamer headset right because mine broke, and then like their gamer section, you know, with all their keyboards and mice and stuff, was like barren. Oh, Those yeah. like maybe two keyboards that you could buy, and yeah. they were bad. They were like, you know, the Chinese off-brand yep. stuff where it's just like, the, what happened the here? The thing that I've, I've noticed oh, online a few, the last few months is that they used to send, because they send out daily emails with like their promo code deals, and I still get those, but what they are showing on those ads now is like nothing very like worthwhile. It's all the same stuff. Like you'll see like the same three TVs at the bottom of that list every day that have like a promo code on it. There's rumors that they're going to shut the store down. Like I saw, I was looking. Yeah. People are saying that that store might shut down. Oh, the rented one. Yeah, the rented one. I um, not. I would not be surprised. Would not surprise. Like that thing seems half stocked. Yeah, um, but they have a toy section there. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, they, they can't compete with online retailers. Other, I mean, they could probably convert that into a warehouse and start doing just ship out yeah. merchandise. Like I don't a new egg kind of. Yeah, thing. like I think they would. If anything, they would just turn that into a distribution center for their online <coughs> store. Um, because having that retail space open just seems pointless. Although when, I, I don't know if they can do that because that's probably zoned for commercial. Yeah. So they have to. Like, I don't know what would, to be would take over that spot either because it's such a big, like, blank warehouse. Although, hey, put a Costco in there. Make me have to not travel to South I mean, Center. And, I mean, landing isn't, like, still not completely, completely full. filled. There's, I mean, they have. There's more there's, stuff, yes. but, like, there's still, like, a lot of empty <laughs> storefronts. 
they never actually ever filled out that. No, they have not filled it out. I mean, the target is still successful. Yes. Unfortunately, the the age of the mall type shopping complex is. Yeah. You have to have what like what you're aiming for has to be very well tuned. I mean, like you need a good movie theater and you need a bunch of businesses built around having that movie theater. They have a, I mean, they've opened a few different restaurants <clears throat> now that are pretty good. Like the Korean barbecue place there is is not bad. Yeah, the Korean um, barbecue place is pretty good. It's also funny because like I could definitely tell how they planned that place to be as efficient as possible. From a like management perspective, because everything is stainless steel, like all of the utensils and stuff you get, even the tabletops and everything, all steel. So it's like we're not gonna worry about like stuff getting into fabric or into nooks and crannies. No, it's all flat just and it's all it's all shiny. Just hosed us down. Yeah, exactly. They can take a hose in there, spray everything down, and then wipe it dry, and they're like, we're clean. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Mandalorian's pretty cool. Mandalorian's great. The last episode, <clears throat> I was kind of annoyed yesterday because people started posting stuff about it. Like, <clears throat> it's like like Gizmodo and and audio or what, AV, AV club. club. Yeah, I was going to say audio video club. Like, <laughs> okay, boomer. Like we're post- we're posting our review at <clears throat> nine o'clock in the morning. It's like you do realize that a lot of people are working right now. Wait until. The next morning is when you should put out the review. And if it's a spoiler it's, I review. I get that it's Friday and, like, you know. They gotta get the click. They gotta get the if click. it's a spoiler-free review, go ahead. Yeah. But with TV that's serial like this, yeah. spoiler-free is kind of hard to and do. you got to watch with the this Dark Materials, too, because um, since that comes out earlier in Britain land. Yeah, comes out on, on Sunday. Sunday. So the so reviews start going up on Monday. Yeah, I I mean, the thing I will say about the, the latest episode is some of the headlines I saw were a little, I don't know, everybody had the same hot take, quote unquote, that I saw in a lot of them, is everybody was like, oh, with this episode of the, the show, they went way too far with the fan service. And I'm just like, it's Star Wars. Eventually you're going to go to Tatooine. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like this is a brand new genre-bending... Uh, series. This is Star Wars, and it's being run by Disney. Like they're gonna do some fan service here and there. That kind of what is what Star Wars is all about. Like it's cool seeing, you know, like even in like a, a game like the older Kotor, where you're like, oh, there's a whole new setting. Nobody's ever told a story. You go to Tatooine. You go to Tatooine. You got lightsabers, and you got the Force. Like it's even the new the new trilogy made up a new Tatooine. Yeah, they made up a, a different desert planet. It's still a desert planet, but it's. It's still a desert planet. <laughs> um, I will say, I didn't like the writing quite as much. Like, I could tell it was written by a different person, because the first, uh, every episode until now was written by <coughs> John Favreau, and this one was written by, forget his name, he was the showrunner for a lot of the cartoons. Dave Filoni? Yeah, Filoni wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I could tell the writing was a little different. Like, it had... It had a little more of what I'd call the Star Wars feel and a little less of, like, that Western type of feel. Like, it wasn't a bad thing. It felt a little different. But it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just a different thing. You, I, I, will, I will say this. You know it's a good show, and I've mentioned this before. You know you're enjoying a show when you see the credits and the first thing I hear Dan say is, Ah, damn it! Yeah, I'm really upset whenever the credits come up. Because you just want more. It's like, like why can't Irishman be three hours and then, like, this is fucking 30, 30, 30 minutes? 30 minutes, yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. Just want to 
see more stuff yep. in the thing. Oh yeah, the I worst know. thing is the show is once a week. It's once and a week it's and less it's less than an hour. Less than an hour. Yeah. It's more than a half hour, so you feel yes, <laughs> but then it's like, but it's forty minutes. Yeah. Oh fuck off. Me, give me six. I mean, somehow years. Watchmen does that, even though it's a full hour. Yeah, yeah. You're at the end, and you're like, God damn oh, it! Watchmen always ends like fucking god, especially the last, the last two episodes. Oh, oh my god! Just like Jesus Christ, especially that last episode because like Dan and I were three both, episodes really like, because yeah. it goes back to like the the the, the, the uh, looking the glass guy. Yeah, yep. Oh or yeah, mirror, that, mirror the man. whole him going to that mall with the yeah. the cavalry. Yeah, like, you get that ending, and then you have what happens at the very end of that. And then they don't even... We haven't had that actually... We've only had it barely addressed. Yeah. Um, but, like, the ending of that last episode was definitely a very, like, oh, oh shit moment. If you want spoilers that are bad, io9 for that one, the name of the title of the, um, like, review article yeah. wasn't too bad. They pretty much said, oh, shit, so-and-so is here. However, their, their cover picture... Which shows up when you're scrolling through their news feed. Yeah. The cover picture was the the character, <sighs> not the character reveal. Yeah. I don't know if we want to spoil or not, but <sighs> it was the person who is the reveal. And it's like all of the comments were, "I have not read this article yet, but fuck you." Yeah, it's like I get it. See, Io Nine. And most of the Gizmodo sites do a good job of putting a big ribbon that says spoilers, and they just have like. A one paragraph quick review that's kind of like, oh shit, shit is going down. This episode's crazy. It's amazing. Spoilers ahead. Yeah. And then they'll spoil, but they always spoil with the header picture, yeah, which shows up on the news feed. So you're scrolling through it. It shows like, up on the other sites that you're browsing because they put other stuff from If the other- episode five was brand new of Star Wars, it would say, Oh shit, we learned who Luke's father is, and Darth Vader's picture would be the head image yeah. of it. And it's like, you fucks! Yeah. One thing I do like about the last couple episodes of The Mandalorian is because, like, the opening three are so are so good. Like, especially episode four, which I think a lot of people were let down by it, because it wasn't, like, as impactful as the last last couple. But what I like about it is that this is just, this is a normal TV show that I get to watch every yep. week. Yep. It's Star Wars. Like, Star Trek would just have an episode <laughs> yeah. that sometimes didn't really reveal new, very no, new things. I don't and- remember episode 14 of season three of The Next Generation. Oh, shit, you don't remember... I don't. But that what that's what's cool is that like it was it was it was it was it, it was you know entertaining, you know. Maybe, it showed what life is like on yeah. just a random place. But yeah, if you're going to compare it to 5 like, 5 was the episode that was just released. So 4 was the one Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm talking okay. about. 4 4 you, oh, is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an episode. It's just an episode. Yeah. Like in, it's almost self-contained. Like there's yeah. not too much. I mean, there's just it's it's like any other serialized TV, right? Like that. Has yeah, a, I mean, he goes to a planet and then like he does. And then stuff. like at the very end, he's like he he has a reason to leave. Yes. Like it's a very self-contained. Truth be told, you could cut that episode out and you don't lose anything. But at the same time, you lose a good fun episode. Yeah, I mean, if you went from three to five, you You'd wouldn't lose no. much. You'd only miss anything. the introduction of a new character, and yeah. that's about it. Like that's that's but like but that's what's that's what's cool that I was thinking about was this because like because like yeah especially episode three was so good like that's the best episode of the season right one makes such a big impression yeah two two was 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 pretty cool two was like 
we're going to show you we could still have fun, yeah. but we also have a dramatic story. Well, two was pretty cool. Was 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 really interesting because you're like at the very end of one, like Baby Yoda shows up. That's not a spoiler anymore in this day. No, in, in this Disney climate. already has already. Well, it's said also it's, in this yeah. climate. It's yes. just not. Right? That wasn't but a spoiler was, after two one was, minute. <laughs> two, was, you looked forward to two because you're like, oh, what is this Baby Yoda about, mm-hmm. right? And then like three was like, oh man, here we go. The end of this first very first arc. What is the fallout of his? decision. And then there's really cool stuff happening. Yes. But four, and even in some some bits of five, yeah. are like are just a TV show. Yeah. And that's fucking cool because it's just a star. We have a Star Wars live action TV show yeah. that's just every week. And sometimes we just get regular ep- ass episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a thing about like I've been watching a lot of Westworld lately. Westworld, West Wing. Oh yeah, learn about those robots, Dan. Yeah, robots. The robots in charge of the politics, and then went ah. Yeah, the West West Wing, where like you know they have twenty (laughs) two episodes a season. I don't want to ever go back to that. But there's a lot of episodes that are just just kind of just you know you we would call them filler, but I think that's a that's a that's a negative term to it. It's just it's just general episodes. Yeah, it's just a general episode. Watching the actors doesn't have to be like. Push push everything forward. It doesn't have to address everything. Like no. you know, the the you, <clears throat> you get that with uh, Stranger Things, where there's a lot of like every episode is important. And then I'm not saying that these episodes are not important for the Mandalorian, but like they're also just fun because it's just like man, I get to just watch a very poppy thing, mm-hmm. and this is just just a pop. pop oh, isn't art it cool show. what the Mandalorian did during that episode? Like, yeah, there's cool shit that happens, but it's not like yeah. it doesn't have to be related to it's, the galactic. Conflict between the Empire and or the well, Order it's, and, it's more that it doesn't have to be another segment of the, of basically a long movie, right? Yeah. Because that's what these mini, that's what these series, modern television series, <clears throat> have become. Like the Watchmen, every episode is important. You can't skip one episode. They're all important. They're all part of one long yeah. movie. Also, it's kind of like you don't always need everything connected in the sense of. The Patton Oswalt joke about, you know, the prequels. Oh, yeah. I don't need to know where everything comes from. I don't need to know how everything fits together. Sometimes things just kind of happen, and they're fun. Yeah, I have fun I think, with it. I think that's the disconnect when I see... Like, I mean, I get it if you have actual negative, you know, things about the show. Because it's not a perfect show, and that's fine. But, yeah. like, if you had, like, actual, like, letdowns of, like, of, like, of, like, the last couple episodes, and I haven't seen that a lot in thing, a lot of, part of a lot of toy forums that are also Star Wars toy forums. So you kind of see, like, some of that reaction. I mean, I'd say most of it is still overwhelmingly yeah. positive. Yeah, but like, but like, I, I, I can, I can see why you, you know, there's some stuff. It's not the, it's not always the best thing, and it's kind of, you know, especially if you're not a Star Wars fan. But like, I think we forget <coughs> that a lot of, a lot of TV was just kind of almost a full standard, like just a standalone episode sometimes. Like that's what a lot of fun Star Trek. Like I was never really a big Star Trek fan, but the but like I liked watching single episodes of Star Trek, especially when they're like really fun from beginning to end, and they didn't really have this big thing to relate to. The Star board, Trek was but, never a yeah. Like there was more often than not, Star Trek was here is a story. Yeah, that's it. it except yeah, was, the first and last of a season would be the only ones with yeah. a guarantee tie. Yeah, there was no like character development other than you learn a little bit more about the character. Hey, but, I learned like, data is fully functional for pleasure. Fuck Tashi R, man. But you learn a little bit maybe about the Klingon stuff because this is focused on Klingon and stuff. If, and if you watch the whole series, that becomes better and better because it's, it's that yeah. build, building upon itself. But you watching that singular episode is still not 
less enjoyable, like because you haven't watched all the rest of it, right? Like yeah. it's, but it, it, you know, also, I mean, you know, it it sucks that it's only once a week. Like, I mean, like I want it all right now into my eyeballs, but also at the same time, it's also kind of fun that it's a week by week because, yeah. like, it's like you know, you don't know what you're getting into on Friday. You know, it's like, oh, are we going to, like, have a badass scene or are we going to have, like, a standard, you know, semi-filler Are we going to get our first cliffhanger of the season, you know, like, at the end, very end of this episode? It's like, oh, okay, that's something they hadn't done yet. And then they're like, all right, now we've got that. No, we had, the first episode was cliffhanger. Sure. I agree. But, yeah, that's a, that's a really fun show because it's a really fun TV show and it's not trying to be a long movie. See, what really makes it good is they're trying to do what the 19... I wasn't a fan of these, but I appreciate what they did. I appreciate what they're borrowing from that. The 1970s Western shows. Yeah. Like, it is just a badass character doing badass shit. It's not always all tied together, but the character is a constant, not the plot. And, like, it is jarring to modern viewers to be like, oh, we're, like... At a different planet each week, but like you watch those old serials, like the Bonanza and all that kind of stuff. Like you're constantly moving, like you're always in a different place. Kung Fu, yeah, Kung yeah. Fu. In fact, this is Kung Fu. Yeah, this is kind of Kung Fu. He's going from planet to planet, helping right the wrongs, and, and he's a badass dude a bad- who's kind of mysterious. But he's also you also get the sense that while very skilled, he can still have bad days. Like he can still not be like. Yeah. Always on top of things. He's mostly perfect. I mean, but not we wouldn't, wouldn't want to watch uh, several episodes of a guy only being badass. Like, I mean, you know, it might be fun. But, like, it wouldn't be fun. It's like the same thing where when we all wanted, like, all cool Jedi stuff with lightsaber things. And then after a while, in the prequels, you're just like, man, this kind of just sucks. Oh, my God. They're just jumping around yeah, again. Yeah, just kind of just oh. sucks. So jumping around, I can be fine with. It's the twirling of the sabers. Yeah. That don't do anything that doesn't make... It's like, that's... I, I get it. I mean, it was really cool when yes. you first saw it, but, like, if every fight is... The, is, is if, if every fight... If every scene is a badass guy just whooping ass on everything, it wouldn't be fun no. after a while. Like, the the an- anticipation from a story is part of part of the... Thing. It's like if you play- want to be badass every time, just play video game on easy. It, it's like playing a video game on too easy of an easy mode, where it's like... Every enemy takes like a dozen hits, so I just have to keep doing this, but they're not going to kill me. I mean, like, it just takes time. I mean, there's a reason why those the older diehards are, like, so good, because John McClane suffers through those movies. Oh, he used to be, Jacked like... up. Yeah. He was good at what he did, but he wasn't perfect at what he did. He wasn't a super cop. He was just a guy who got himself into some very serious situations. That's why also those Pierce Brosnan, uh, James Bond movies were kind of a joke after a while, because there was nothing that ever touched him. No. Like, he always was the smartest, and he always had... Four hundred other plans that always worked well. And they like, weren't even plans. He just kind of flew by the seat of his yeah. pants and never had consequences. He fell into the solution, yeah, yeah. and that's why the, the Casino Royale with Daniel Craig was so jarring because he actually he actually fucked up. Yeah, suffered. He's a person. Like he got beat up. Oh yeah, I think balls Pierce Brosnan feedback at one point. Pierce yeah. Brosnan it showed like I think the ultimate example of okay, he's not a super spy. He's the luckiest fucker in the world. The bomb in the pen, where the bad guy gets in, he starts clicking, and Bond is counting, and he's like, oh, he happened to have clicked my pen, just enough, dive. He slapped it out of his hand. 
Or it's slapped out, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's why... It's, it's like it's all pure luck that he did. That's why the Bond movies that are really good are the ones with, that dialed on the action. The Timothy Dalton ones, yeah, right there. Well, there's actually a lot of them. I like the Timothy Dalton Bond, uh, yeah. but I have not, I will admit, I have not really, I don't think I've ever actually watched uh, Roger Moore Bond all the way through. I have only caught bits and pieces of them. So every quiet, bond so has a yeah. every bond has a time and a place depending on what level of hokey but, but or like quality. The, but the Daniel Craig ones, the yeah. best ones are the, the the better Daniel Craig ones are the ones that are a little bit more subdued. Like Skyfall, there's not there's a, there's action in that movie, but it's not fucking crazy. But like, and but it's like, only at the very end, really, that it gets yeah. like way like. But like, it intense. doesn't it doesn't need to be super intense because then then if everything's intense, then it's not intense. Yeah. Unless you're going for a pure camp like Fast and Furious, which is fine. Yep. But like, but like, we're not gonna the car superheroes. Yeah, car superheroes. Yeah, car stunts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But like, Mandalorian's cool. His dark materials. Okay, so his dark materials. Here we go. Dan. Here we go. His dark materials. I still like that movie. Movie. Oh, oh, don't don't do that. <laughs> no, that wasn't a movie. It was called it was called the Golden, Golden Compass. Compass. <laughs> it's called a train wreck. I like parts of that movie. I, there are there are moments, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah. there are just moments. So I mean, all I still like yeah. the show, and I th- still think it's good. I just think I think we're hitting a wall of budget. That they're just that they just can't like show everyone has a and demon, I, and I wonder if like after this series concludes. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it seems to have been very popular. Yeah, they're they're and they're doing two. They're already filming the second season, or they're already there's did. a guarantee of two. They're talking about three. Yeah, three and maybe maybe even four. I think they might break up uh, Amber Spyglass into two. Um, well, this maybe. one's just this one's already going into subtle knife category because of the, well, yeah, they're doing it chronologically, yeah. which is cool. I actually I, I think that's very cool. I appreciate that because otherwise it'd feel kind of jarring to. All right, second season begins and we transport point, back into. I, I understand. That's kind yeah. of the point of the, from the book, but I'm, Although I'm, book I'm not even, TV I'm not even cr- criticizing that part. Yeah. Like that's fine. Like I'm actually excited, excited to see what Will Will Perry is going to do and stuff. The problem is, is that like it's just running into like a definite limit on budget and how many CG animals you can have on the screen. And it's not even just I need everybody to have a fucking animal flying around them or running around them all the time. It's the fact that. Like, Pan isn't in a lot of this last episode when this is super crucial for him to be constantly talking to to, to Lyra. Like, this is... Like, the reason why... I think, like, if you don't read the books and you don't know anything about the books, like, finding finding Roger... No, not Roger. Uh, Billy. Billy. Billy in that cabin isn't as jarring. Because, like, even if you read, like, the... the there's, I think... Uh, AV Club has, like, the non-book reader, like, review. And if you read that and you read the comments of those people, they're just, like, like they're oh. barely talking about that scene. Because they haven't stressed out, they haven't stressed as the, the, the deep connection of, like, why demons are important. Like, they kind of do it, but, like, you They mentioned it, but they only mentioned it once, and they don't keep yeah. showing I it. I think they don't you, don't... you don't get it reinforced of, like, how Pan is so integral to, to Lyra, other than them... Other than people saying it is. Because you don't get that relationship. How much she just loves... Like, like it's beyond love with 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 Pan, right? Beyond love with your demon, like yeah. that's part of you. It that is, would be like as if an you were extension of yourself. Yeah, that'd be like as if you hated <clears throat> hated yourself completely. Yeah. And that's kind of what that what I mean. Spoiler, spoilers. <clears throat> that's kind of what that scene is about. 
it's a, it's it's uh, when when you get the intercision, when you get the, the the demon divorced of the of the person and destroyed, that person is is a shell of themselves. It's not because they don't have you know they still don't have a personality. It's not because they're sad stuff. their friend is gone. It's because a piece of themselves. It's a rejection of yourself. Yeah. Like it's self loathing. Yeah. That's where that's what that is. Yeah. That's that's deep depression. Deep. That's what those those themes are, <clears throat> and you don't get that because Pan is barely in that in that show until like when they're getting there. And he's and you also don't you don't understand why in the show it doesn't make clear that demons cannot be far away from from their they, from their people. It they has mentioned it once enough. really it quick. Been, so they I just mentioned like oh the golden monkey they could, is they not could with Miss Coulter. Done a scene with fucking Lester Freeman at Jordan College saying like doing something yeah. some simple comment about like <laughs> You could you could even make it you could combine it with the fact that because they mentioned the witches mm-hmm. being able to just be you know so yeah and that's supposed to be jarring yeah it's supposed to be like everybody who hears that and like encounters that goes this is weird well, you're weird because you can do that yeah and then and then so so beyond that we don't even really know anything about. Um, Billy's demon, other than they mentioned him a couple times, and I think you saw him like in the first episode or you know one of the episodes. Yeah. So you don't have that connection because he's not talking, right? He doesn't. He's not a person, or it's he's a not thing. a part of. He's not a thing. It's a name and a thing. It's not a actual. Also, also in the scene in the book, he's holding a fucking dead fish. Yeah, yeah. and he's constantly like asking for ratters or whatever. I forgot who it is. Yeah, I think is. it's ratters. Like, this is like how sad that thing is. Like it's played very kind of like he's just in a comatose. Well, and I think like if you think about it, because they changed it from a random boy to being yeah uh, Costa, um, that's supposed to help alleviate. I, I, yeah, I, I get, you get the I, sense I, that like that's why they did that, and it makes sense from a theatrical, you know, like a yeah. television standpoint. But like that's why you still need you would still need stuff like you said. Like you want to have that that visual of a kid basically looking at a dead animal and thinking it's actually something he's connected to or trying to rekindle that connection. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I, I think I could pick apart a lot of stuff in the show, yeah. and I still like it. Like. I mean, I, I still look forward to watching it. It's not on the level of, of Watchmen and, or Mando, but like I still like it. Yeah. And I still think great production values and great acting all around and stuff like They've that. They've done a good job of realizing but I, that. I role. think if, if, if anything, my the, the, the criticism, if I'm going to push forth like a criticism, is that Lyra's and Pan's relationship is just not developed. Like, he's just not on screen. Because like, other than her, and then maybe Will, like, Pan has the most dialogue in that in that book. So, like, him talking to Lyra and understanding that, like, that Pan is an extension of her and sometimes a different part of her. Yeah. And they kind of switch some of the roles, I mean, to get really into the to the weeds <laughs> of the book. Like, they kind of switch a little bit of roles because Pan is supposed to be, like, the cautious part of Lyra and Lyra is supposed to be the devil may cry... Devil may cry. Devil may care. Devil may care. Devil may cry. Devil so she don't What kind of book is this? <laughs> but so she don't and has guns. The devil may care. At least Nero. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of parts in the first couple episodes, especially where Pan is the one pushing, right? Like, hey, we got to go check out what's in that room, right? And then Lyra's like, I don't know about this, yeah. right? So Lyra's supposed to be the impulsive one, and that's fine. You switch whatever. That's that's okay. But I just think that that relationship and so the payoff of that of that scene, why it's so chilling in the book, is that is that is that like you're basically looking at somebody with their with their face cut off. Like that's what it looks like. Like it just it, that that is a non-person now. But and you don't know what to do with it because he's still alive, right? 
Also, yeah. also on a very superficial sense, P- Pan's supposed to be a fucking little mouse while she's riding an armored bear. Like he's not, he's not, he's not even in that scene. That is an integral part. That is on the book covers. I have a poster somewhere that my cousin drew of of, of him being a mouse on top of her on top of in, in her cloak. That is that is the scene that would be like if fucking Harry Potter didn't have the other two fuckheads with him. You shut your mouth, Ron. <laughs> Fuck those Ron fuckheads. and Hermione are integral to that yeah. story as well. Yeah, hey, that's why would, Dan said those fuckheads matter. But it'd be it'd be like a Harry Potter film without the other two because those are those are extensions of Harry Potter, like. You know. Well, I think one of the best examples of what they're doing wrong is the comment section on those AV or audio video club. Yeah, the the there's some comments saying, you know, I didn't read read the the book, book. but I'm trying to make sure. So, everyone supposed have a demon, or what's the? Is it only special people? The rules have not been well established of this world in certain cases. Yeah, Yeah, they need go. No, it's it's everyone. Everyone also, has like, one. The reason why that witch's demon is so fucking um, uh, strange and different from everybody because he's just talking to everybody. Everybody, yeah. Like, it's like not you, don't, a, you don't normally talk demons to somebody's demons. Might interact with demons, but they're not going to interact with people. Yeah. Like people and, and that demons one is just don't talking like as if it's like a separate thing, and that's why witches are interesting. Now, if it was, talking, it's kind of taboo to interact. Talking to Fartacorum. Like alone, that a little would, bit, yeah. Because I mean, you, that's, have some that's, kind of that, that's connection. that connection. But like, just talking to everybody at once is like not a thing that they would normally. Yeah, that any. They're almost yeah. So I mean, look, it's still fun. Yeah, and like, and like, I still want to see where it goes. And it's I, also I, I like, echelons above the, the that terrible. Oh yeah, movie. look, I mean, <laughs> we're not even going to talk about that movie. All right, because one disappointing ending. And oh, I do have to ask Dan your your uh, your concerns about. Lin Manuel Miranda is Lee Scoresby. He's not doing a bad job. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, he's fun. I wish he had more to do in this past in this last episode because yeah. again, that relationship, her, her and, and, and Lee Scoresby, yeah. is very, very, uh, very, very close. Yeah, like that's they develop that. Uh, you know, there's still episodes. There's a couple episodes and, left to to, to yeah. work on. That, I just, but. It's it's hard to adapt a book because like everybody has an opinion yeah. about like their favorite parts and stuff like well, that. Well yeah, it's it's the weird dichotomy I have with Jurassic Park because I believe I saw the movie before I read the book yeah. and then I read the book and I was like, There's all this stuff that's not even yeah, in that movie. So I'm just like, Wow. Like there's wow, a lot they, of interesting. They put stuff a bunch here. of filler in this thing. Yeah. Oh, John Hammond gets killed in the book? Yeah. Gets eaten by the copies. What? But like, I mean, I I think the perfect distillation of, of like uh, problems with that with that series is is that scene, which still is affecting, but also because I'm also thinking about the book. Yeah. Right. When when I'm watching this movie, I mean this movie, this TV show. See, there's that whole like uh-huh. we think of these as long movies now. Yeah. When I'm watching this TV show, um, a lot of my enjoyment is also thinking about the book. Right, and it's not like comparing it, like oh, this this is not doing it like the book. It's more about like me remembering the the the, the good times I had with those books. Yes. The few the, the several times I read, I think I reread them three times or something, and another time a half time. Uh, there's some parts there's some parts that really go on for quite a while, and Philip Pullman likes writing. He's not J.K. Rowling level of uh, of discourse, but. No, because but you can look what, at the books here. I can see them. You can see the the size of the book like expanding yeah. between. Well, the, the thing volumes. the thing about Pullman, right, is that he's writing as if it's like 
because he's a smart dude and he wants to make literature. Mm. I think there was a there was a I, I don't know if he feels this way before. I mean, it's still now, but there was like an old interview of where he was. There was just like, oh, how do you feel about like writing fantasy books, especially for like young adults and mm. kids and stuff like that? He's like, we can't choose what we're good at. Implying and 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 he goes on further to imply that like like he would rather be good at something else, like a, like higher literature, I guess. But this is what he's good at. So he's writing from a different place than J.K. Rowling is trying to make pop culture, yeah. right? So Philip Pullman thinks he's making, like, fucking The Odyssey, right? Or he's writing some, you know, uh, uh, James Joyce's, like, Ulysses or something. He's writing on a different... He's, he wants to write on a different level, right? And then the, the, the Potter books are bubblegum, easily digested kind of stuff. That's why you can read a fucking 700-page Harry Potter novel like, like that, because it's... It's just easily digestible. I'll just say, at least Pullman is a, not nearly as verbose as Hemingway. No, I mean... Hemingway, that's somebody who loves the sound of his own words on paper. Yeah, and then he likes, he... Well, it was novel at the time, but like, you know, every sentence is like, is like he did this, he did this, or he felt this. Because that's Hemingway's thing. It's Although when cool. it came to describing how something looked... Oh, yeah. You should try reading Travels with Charlie. It's an autobiographical thing about him traveling around the country with his little dog, Charlie. He spent like eight pages describing the just the general look of the camper pickup that he was driving around in. And it's like, dear God, it's a camper pickup. It's not that novel. Charles Dickens describing an office and a chair in Great Expectations. I had so good of expectations. You might say great ones for that book. and Different, man. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have TV. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, People speaking used to of, listen to the radio and imagine things. <laughs> speaking of re-watching things, uh, we watched, uh, Dan and I watched uh, episode four, A New Hope on Disney+. Plus. Oh, McClunky! I saw McClunky. Did you see that? No. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I saw that scene. Because I saw when they're... Dude, Hanshaw first, he doesn't need to be such a good guy that he needs a reason. Like, he shot because he knew, I'm going to save my fucking life. See, that's not even the worst part of that scene now. It's that. Yeah. It's the McClunky that is now the ba- the worst part of that scene. Yeah, he's shouting out, I'm going to shoot you, essentially. Well, it's like, when it sounds dumb. Yeah. Right, the alien word for whatever <laughs> he's trying to convey is dumb. So it sounds stupid, and then it's almost like a it's head edited on, in there terribly. It's edited in there terribly. It's like a head-on shot of like Greedo going McClunky, and then he getting shot. It's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and then you know, like it's, <coughs> is that is this the most heavily edited scene in a movie ever? Probably. <coughs> what because, is it like, like the fifth version now? Because there's different there's different versions of Blade Runner altogether, and that's a whole movie, different cuts and stuff, and different lengths. That's but a movie, not one scene. scene. That is what we're on our fourth iteration because there's Han shot first, and then there's there's uh, there's Greedo shoots first, and then Han shoots him, mm-hmm. and then I think there's the simultaneous. simultaneously, yeah. and now there's McClunky, yeah, and, yeah. and then now there's McClunky. Jesus Christ, just leave it alone. Nobody cared. He no, did, obviously. Well, yeah. But it's just like... Yeah, it's kind of like the J.K. Rowling thing where it's just like, sometimes you just gotta let your art just live, right? Well, like, I mean, you don't constantly repaint the Mona Lisa. Just let it live. It's one yeah. thing if it was somehow racist. And, like, as it aged on, it's like, 
ooh, what Han did was actually racist there. We should probably maybe edit it a little bit to take out him, I don't know, saying the N-word to Greedo or something. But, I know. Out of of fiction. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to go extreme on this, because there was nothing wrong with it at all. Because I get it, maybe you want Han to be a perfect good guy, and therefore he wouldn't shoot someone first, but he's a scoundrel. He's not a perfect good guy. He's... He's a protagonist, but he's not a hero. Yeah, sometimes you just, as an artist, you just kind of let your art live. Let it live. Like once you've completed, it doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to everybody else. But it, um, the other interesting thing about watching that is that they had a bunch of deleted scenes on the Disney Plus version. Oh, yeah, it's actually kind of cool. There's actually some fun, like, tidbits in there that are kind of interesting. There's one where uh, Luke goes to Tashi Station yep. and, and talks to uh, Biggs, Biggs a yep. bunch. And Biggs is talking about joining the, the Rebellion. Did he, did he buy t- power converters? He didn't buy any power converters. No, I think he was lying to his... his oh, that's like him saying, I'm going to sleep at my best friend's house talking, when really well, he's going like out of town. joining the Revolution. It sounds very kind of like subversive, like like we're going to join the Communist Party, basically. Yeah. Like, Well, it's also interesting we're because become that, socialist. that whole... Th- is it that scene or the scene? No, there's another scene where they show him actually looking at the fight going on in space... Between, yeah, the begin the beginning of episode four. Yeah, so like he's actually seeing that in the sky, and then yeah, from the ground he's looking up with the the binoculars, binoculars, and he can see explosions in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, like because if you think about it, a ship that large would probably be vi- those ships that large would probably be visible from the ground, and yeah, or like, at least their explosions or their explosions. You would definitely like. Unless they're out in deep space and not in the upper atmosphere, you would actually hear that stuff, too, technically. But yeah, there's just a couple of really good, like, rough cuts of scenes. There's a whole new cantina scene that's in there that has Han, like, macking on some girl. Oh, yeah, Han's, like, almost making out with this, like, this other lady. Human lady, and then, yeah, like, there's a, there's a really... McClunky. Yeah, there's... McClunky. Oh, Greedo show... The best part is hearing the, the actual accents of some of the actors. Oh, yeah, because it's the rough cut, right? So, so Greedo starts talking to Han in a... In Hello, a, Han. Yeah. Very good. I'm here to get you. He's like, oh, oh, all right. No, they were, they were Australian, remember? Wait, wait, no, the, no, the, the bartender, bartender was, was Aussie. Yeah, like, the, you know, you listen to his voice, that's not that voice. He's a Brit, he's like a Brit or an Aussie. He's like, oi, get those droids out of here. Like, and one more go Maccas afterwards yeah. for a Big Mac. Yeah. We're going to get a brekkie. Yeah. Get a sausage roll. That's breakfast. Yeah, breakfast. Macca's is McDonald's. I knew that too. Um, we'll oh, go, they just love making up words. We'll go Macca's. But then, of we course, them wallabies after kangaroo. You have a whole continent. <laughs> but it just reminds me again, like there are, Waller. like watching that movie again. Like, there's a lot of dumb stuff in there. That oh, you, yeah. And then you know, it just reminds <laughs> me again of when I hear people comment on like they're like. Oh, yeah, I didn't like The Last Jedi. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I didn't like The Last Jedi. I'm just like, then you don't really like Star Wars. You, I mean, I don't, I just don't get the conne- the, the disconnect that you can have. I mean, it's, look, it's fine if you don't like it. But, like, to not like it for the reasons that, like, a lot of the internet doesn't like it is just, it's just, it's bad. Like, I mean, you're a different person than you were. That's fine if you don't have the same taste. These movies like, are for fucking children. Yeah. But if you're like, if you're like, oh, you know, like, you know, Ray is a Mary Sue and like, how does she know how to wield a lightsaber instantly? Yeah. It's Watch like, episode four again yeah, and be like, like, uh, were you watching this movie? There's a deleted scene that actually addresses that. The yeah. rebel, the yellow five or whatever. Red, red, red leader. Red 
leader no, goes like, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. red leader. That's he a goes, communist name. But he goes, he goes, he goes. Are you sure you can fly this? And then Biggs goes, hey, looks like the best bush pilot in the in the galaxy. Like he can handle it. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, yeah, you know, like I mean, he's on a major assault on a fucking the biggest space station in the in the entire galaxy. They have other pilots. Well, also the other interesting thing and, about <laughs> and he and they they visually show him accomplishing something that seasoned veteran pilots of the rebellion, people who are grizzled veterans who have probably done a hundred missions, <laughs> and he is one of three X wing pilots that survived. Two. two. There's only X- two X wings that make it yeah. out of the battle. He's one of, of one of two that survive, and he succeeds where a grizzled veteran could not. Yeah. Without his targeting computer, like I mean, it's it's farcical. Yeah, it's but it's supposed to be. It's yes, fantasy. Yes, like it's it's dumb. Yeah, it's know, like yeah. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is put in charge of the secondary group of X-wing fighters that is held back to go make the second attack run. Red Leader goes in with everybody and says, "Luke, you stay with these guys." One of which got here before you. His name is Biggs. And the other is Wedge Antilles. <clears throat> and they put Luke in charge of that yeah. wing. And this like, is technically the what? third time he's been in space. Yeah. <laughs> he was in space to go to... And then they went to the Death Star. And then they went And then they space. got out of the Death Star. They went to... They went Alderaan. to... Alderaan. Yavin 4, sorry. Yavin 4. And then he, now he's in space again. This uh-huh. is the third time he's ever been in space. Yep. These guys fucking live in space. Yeah. Anyway, hey, I'm just going to say you live on a farm of you but, know me- how a moisture farm. You Falcon get high, like you get high as fuck when you live on a moisture farm. He's been to space every day. Yeah. Whoa. Bullseye, bullseye. Swamp rats in his T16 Skyhopper back home. You bet I am. I'm not such a bad pilot. You know what a womp rat I, is? A womp rat is actually a joint. That's I, what he does every yeah. day. He bullseyes a womp rat. Live in Beggar's Canyon, baby. Who wants to get some power converters? But yes, just. Oh, let. I'm going to take a trip to Tashi Station. And capes. Biggs was wearing a cape in the Tashi Station scene. More capes in Star Wars. And good on you, Billy D. Williams. Oh, yeah. Billy D. Williams uh, came out as uh, gender, fluid. gender fluid. Did you not hear this? See, I'm just going to say someone like Billy D. Williams. Genders cannot define. Yeah, he can get with anybody, dude. He's a Billy he's fucking called, D. Williams. He's called, uh, called forty five, motherfucker. <coughs> Lando Calrissian. Well, it's kind of cool because uh, there was the talk about like um, uh, Danny Glover, Danny Glover, Donald Glover, Donald Glover. not Danny Glover, Donald Glover playing. Uh, he's not too old for this shit. Lando in the solo movie about like him like thinking of, of yeah being pansexual mm-hmm. and it all kind of lines up it's just right. like I wonder if he had a discussion with with Billy D or he just got that vibe from that character like where's a cape he's he's smooth I mean you look at his hair yeah it's very well taken yes. care of plus also you know what let's, <laughs> let's just face it wardrobe at the end of the Empire Strikes Back it's okay I'm just going to say maybe it, it was his wardrobe to be well, hey, you know they could have had the same tailor if you lived in the Star Wars you know, I live in the Star Wars. <laughs> if you lived in the Star Wars universe, there are so many different shapes and sizes of things with different orifices yes. and holes. If you keep it down to just one choice, you're limiting your choices. Lando loved his droid. He loved that droid. He loved that droid. That droid became a part of that ship. Anyways, that's your uh, pop culture rundown. Hour pop and a half culture pop culture rundown. 90 minutes. 
I mean, we have, I haven't been playing much new in the way of games, so there's not much to talk You've about. You've only been mind. playing Destiny, huh? Destiny 2, pretty much all day, every day. Uh, I played a couple of new games. I did play that downhill, uh, I forget what it's called, Descenders, I believe. It's a so Game Pass game. playing any other game. I see not much. But the less said about that, the better. Oh. No, nah, it's good? fine. Oh. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's a run-based game. Apparently there's some exploration aspects to it, but it's a Game Pass game. It's, I just... Figured I'd try it out. I heard interesting things about it. So is that I the one you it. make the ski ramps? No. Oh, it's a downhill mountain it's biking different. game. Yeah. Oh, we played that at PAX. Oh, I played that at PAX. You might have played it. Yeah, like years ago. Um, I played a couple new games. <coughs> I actually Dance, bought new game corner. I actually bought Sekiro: Shadows Dice twice. I bought it too. Because after uh, after uh, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm like, man, I could play these games. Oh, I can't play those games. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, did you did you quickly find out that Sekiro is the real shit? Yeah, it was, it was like it was like I was a pro. I, I was an all American in college, and now I'm going to the pros. And, and then the it. pros, everybody's good. I'm like Baker Mayfield, right? Mm-hmm. I was a Heisman Trophy yeah. candidate or awardee in sure. college, right? I'm winning everything. I'm being fucking. You're awkward sex or whatever. With all the high school women. And then I go, oh, and now I'm playing for the Cleveland Browns. Uh-huh. And now I'm playing against the fucking 49er defense, the Patriots defense, the Seahawks defense. And oh no, this the real. This is the real shit. What happened? I so Sekiro is the real shit. Um, it's pretty fun still, but I got. Uh, the first time I played it was like, oh, this is fun and hard, and I got past the. Part I think Rory was like stuck on with that ogre in the beginning. Uh-huh. I was like way in the beginning of the game, um, and then I played last night and I got actually frustrated. Like actually, like like fuck, fuck, yeah, I went fuck off and I alt F four in the game. And I was like, I'm. Oh. I've seen enough videos, like in particular Donkey's video. Here's the, here's what I where it's me. like uh, that game. So as far as everything I've heard, anytime somebody has said like you know. Um, Jedi Fallen Order is a lot like, you know, part Star Wars, part Metroidvania, and part, like, Sekiro. People, everything I've heard from people who've played Sekiro say, like, it uses the idea of pairing and stamina, but it is not even on par with it. Well, there's no stamina, which is cool, because I hated stamina in the Souls games and in Bloodborne. There's no stamina, there's just guard. Yeah. And whether or not your guard breaks and stuff like that. It's really fun when it all comes together, but man. It don't come together don't every come together. time. I'm going to use Cheat Engine and fuck that shit up. Because I'm a dirty, filthy cheater. Um, but yeah, it's got cool samurai ninja it, visuals. Does it look good? It looks pretty good. On the PC? Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Especially the set scenes that they do. Like, there's like... And then they play with like time and stuff. Because there's like, you're going back into memories. And mm. like, I can fast travel out of time. Oh. Into, like, the regular... I was like, I don't know how to even think about this right now. Am I supposed to be here? And I went to some place, and there was a big, a big gigantic snake that was, like, I don't know, like, several football fields long. And I'm like, am I supposed to be here? And the snake was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then it bit your head off, and then... And I, he just pushed me off the... Oh, off the ledge, yeah. And I was just I don't know what I'm doing here. And then there's these guys with the shields, and they suck. There's this guy, a, a shinobi hunter, because you're a ninja, not a samurai. I thought I assumed you were a samurai, but you're a you're a ninja guy. Ninja. And then he's a shinobi hunter. So he's hunting you. Yeah, he's very successful. Yeah. Very successful. <laughs> very successful. The one thing weird thing is like I never saw this in other videos, but there's a lot of 
very large roosters, black cocks, as it would as big it was. black cocks, big black cocks. Like I'm not joking. I, this is the size of a car cock, and they're in the game, and then they fuck you up. I, I don't think I ever saw a big black. Yeah, cock in that there's game. a bunch of them. I, I saw one, and I was like, oh, is this a secret? Uh-huh. And then I saw another one. I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I went to a place that there's like five of them. They're attacking me. They, that's called they threw a game ninja game. stars at them. What? Why are there big cocks in this game? Game cocks. I don't understand it. There's no lore about it. <laughs> Yet. They're not like, why are there five of these in my lord's pagoda? Pagoda? Pagoda. Bodega? Anyway. Wait, what about bodega cats? No, these are bodega cocks. Yeah, bodega cocks. Big bodega cocks. Big black, black cocks. Big They're cocks. angry, too. Big angry black bodega cocks. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the newest release from Vivid Video. Look for it on our hands. <laughs> release? They're on volume four. Of that. Um, I said latest release. I uh, also been playing uh, Children of Morda, which is a fun game. That's like a rogue-like run-based kind of thing, and then you upgrade stuff. You know, you know the huge. Of those games. Pixel art. Yeah, it's very pixel art, and the pixel art is really cool, and you get uh, different... It's uh, good particle uh, effects, too, if I remember correctly. It has uh, different uh, family members, so there's, there's like, I think, six playable characters the, or something. Are you are they the titular children of Morda? Yeah, they're one of them's the dad, but the rest of them are children, I guess. Is it the Morda family? No, they're the Bergsons. Oh, okay. Morda's the mountain that you're trying oh. to climb. Or, like... I, you know, there's a lot of story. There's actually quite a bit of story. And then there's something to do with a mounted god that's corrupting other gods. So you have to help the gods that are corrupted and then find out what happened to this mounted god, why he's all crazy. Yeah, go find But what's cool is that after every run, not after every, every run, but a, a lot of them, there's a lot of, like, uh, little vignettes with, like, the family and stuff. So it's actually kind of cool. Nice. Like, there's actually a lot of very touching, touching uh, family stuff and everything. And then you rescue a dog. And then now he's just part of the fam. He just walks around. He's not. He's not a playable character. I wish he was. Yeah. I think. I think. Can uh, you pet the dog? Um, the characters pet the dog. There's not an option to pet the dog. I guess like on demand because you're not. You never really control the characters when you're not in the dungeon. So the so the the, the house and the surrounding area is kind of like the menu. Mm-hmm. I guess. <clears throat> um, what's cool is that I'm playing this on uh, remote play. Because uh, my friend Bryce bought it. I also bought it. But uh, there's no online play yet. They are working on that though, right? I believe, I believe so. <laughs> and then, But I've been playing on remote play. And actually, it's been doing pretty good. I was using Parsec before in other games. It does seem a lot better than and Parsec. Parsec? Oh, good. Yeah. So it's actually pretty easy. Like, you know, you just get a request like, hey, this person wants to remote play with you. And you click on it. And it's like instantly up. And I'm playing on controller, and I haven't really. I mean, there is lag, and then sometimes when we get out of menus, there's a little bit of a of a of a spike. But for the most part, the actual playing of the game, it's Solid. pretty good. Nice. Don't really notice too much of a of a lag. Um, and the last game, the last new game that I was playing was I also got uh, Disco Elysium, and uh, my oh my, talk about a game you need to be in a mood for. Because that game is a mood. I was going to say, that game looks like one I really want to try, but I have not been in the mindset, because I know what it is asking, 
and I don't have the patience right now. Yeah, so I was like, last night I was even thinking, like, should I play more Disco Elysium? Because I played maybe about six hours of it. But I was like, I'm kind of in a mindless mode right now. I'll play, like, some Sekiro. And then at the end of it, I was like, I still feel like I made a good decision, even though I was super frustrated with Sekiro. Because <clears throat> Disco Elysium, one, if you don't like reading words on screen, you're just not going to like this game. There's voice acting in it, and it's actually pretty good. Um, there's some, I mean, it's good in, like, sometimes in a campy way. Like, I, I like it. Like, uh, but anyway, yeah, Disco Elysium's, like, one of those kind of Baldur's Gate-esque, um, RPGs, except there's not, a mu- I mean, I haven't fought anything so far. I heard that there is no combat, no in, combat this, yeah. in this game. But there's health. Yeah. And then there's, there's, uh, there, I mean, there's HP and things to get back I believe, so, I heard somebody comment once that they said you could literally die in this game by sitting in an uncomfortable chair, so. I lost a health, I lost health because, um, uh, my tie was on the, on the, on the ceiling fan and there was an option to just grab it or to turn it off. And I was like, I'm just going to grab it. And the ceiling fan hit me. I lost a, I lost one HP. I have six. One could call that combat. Yeah. You fought the ceiling fan. And I found and you drugs. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at full. Yeah, you did those drugs. But there's um, the cool thing about this is that it's it's all dialogue based, and uh, you have multiple uh, entities, personalities, <clears throat> more of aspects of your personality that you put points into. Like, so you can have more empathy, so that that aspect of your personality, so you relate to people. You know, the usual RPG stuff. The cool thing though is that other than just giving you different options for dialogue. They also influence you, so they butt in. Yeah. So like your anger will like sometimes butt in. So there was this kid we were trying to question him because there's a dead body hanging from a from a, from a from a tree, and I was like, "Yo, you know anything about this?" And he was like, "Fuck off, you cunt!" There's a lot of swearing in this thing, and he's like, "Fuck off." copper you fucking pig and i was just like whoa 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 and then like my anger side jumped in and was just like you should fuck him up and i was just like yeah we should fuck him up because because there's a role there's a role where you go through success and then he pops up and he says like fuck him up and i was just like yeah fuck him up because it's a success role right oh yeah that's good Uh uh-huh Right? One so, man's good. So there was an And one of the options was like, punch the kid. And I was like, fuck you. I punched the kid and he fell down. He was like, what are you doing? <clears throat> and then my partner, my police partner was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> you don't punch children. <laughs> I do. And I was like, he's being an asshole. And he's like, I know. I don't care. You don't punch kids. <laughs> you don't punch the kid. And then he kind of came up and he started swearing again. It was like, you didn't get anywhere. But like, but, but actually, your anger was satiated. But your anger was like, yeah, we got him, got him. But like, so their personalities sometimes they actually help because after that, my empathy part went like, it's like, oh, maybe now he res- now he uh, kind of respects you a little bit because he he um, he knows you're not fucking around. He knows, yeah, he knows that you're in a position of power. But that's also probably because he's abused. And I was just like, oh. Oh, you're a horrible and person. Just, and then there's one part where it's just like, hey, you should probably, uh, like, a different different conversation where, like, my empathy part was just like, you should probably not push this. And I was just like, well, I wonder what happens. Because I was like, I wonder what happens. Let's see what happens. So I pushed it, and sure enough, like, then the, the empathy side was just like, yeah, you fucked that up. So, like, they're unreliable narrators, narrators yeah. because sometimes they're, sometimes they give, because it's part of you, right? Yeah. So you're... 
<coughs> they are only serving that particular emotion. They are not. Ser- they are not always serving you as a character as yeah. a whole. Right? So I, I say, if you do play this game, I think the best way to play because a lot of times, like I save scum on certain things, especially like Outer Worlds. We talked about that. Like I want to know what the. I say to play, play this. Well, you just play it and you just play what happens. Because what's funny is that like. So the combat is basically the dialogue, right? It's just you're not doing a crazy minigame. But what's cool is sometimes you go down some paths and you get locked into it. Mm-hmm. And in a good way, like as if, like, because when, like, you've had conversations with people, right? When you're conversing and sometimes you're agreeable and then you're just like, oh, shit, now I'm just, now I'm just not, now it's too embarrassing to admit, admit that I actually didn't go to watch that movie. And I'm just going to keep playing along. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah that's a good movie. <clears throat> so that stuff happens. In that, because they give, they'll, they'll randomly, like, suddenly you only have one option. Because it's the, it's, yeah. you, you can't just switch tracks, right? No. Because the conversation is regular. So there was one time where um, I was trying to get some information from police headquarters where my badge was, because I, because you're a drunk. Lost right? your badge. And then, so I called the police headquarters and they started laughing, right? <clears throat> they were like, oh my god, you forgot, oh, you forgot his badge. And it's just like, like, one of your other aspects is like, you know, it's like, oh, you've been dreading this. You know, you know why. Embarrassment. Yeah, embarrassment kind of stuff. And so there's several options about, like, you know, lashing out at them and stuff. One of the options is say nothing, right? That's usually a pretty good thing to do in the in these types of games and could dialogue sometimes to say nothing. Yep. So I said nothing, and it's just like, and then, like, the guy started talking to me. He's like, oh, what? You can't say anything? You're too embarrassed? And then the next, the next, the next dialogue thing, there was no other option other than say nothing. So I said nothing. Ah, oh, he's still not. He doesn't even know. What to, this went on like four times, to the point where, where um, then there was like say nothing, hang up. So I just hung up, and then like my partner was just like, that didn't go well. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> and then you're just. Like, I you're, hate to be like, you. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. I'd like to go crawl into bed. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So yeah. it was a good way to show that like there's a lot of choice in this mm-hmm. game, but sometimes those choices lead to things where you don't have a choice. Because you went down that path. But there's no, from what I've heard, there's no fail state in this game. Like, you can continue to progress the... the yeah, other than die, straight up dying. Straight up dying, yeah. But yeah, so there's... And then there's also, like, a ton of, like, quests. And they're all, like, fucking the most mundane quests. It's not like, you know, like, oh, find the three emeralds to unleash the, the corruption of the whatever, whatever. It's like, find a pack of smokes and smoke them. That's one of the first quests I ever got. So I I keep asking people to bum bu- uh, like bum to bum smokes from from people and like like yeah I'm unsuccessful. Another thing is find drugs and take them. Yes, sir, quest giver. The other one well, is your internal monologue telling you to take drugs. Yeah, the first one of the first quests is like find your pants. Like no, I failed. Yeah, that this quest. game's pretty cool. I wonder if you could just go around without your pants. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I've tried. I think in the demo I played. Years, <coughs> years ago at PAX, I couldn't find my other shoe, so I was going around with just one shoe. And it was a point of conversation, I'll bet. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. Nice. Like, it's actually really, really cool. But, again, you have to be in the right set, because there's some voice acting, but most of it is dialogue. So I mean, most of it is read. read. You gotta, so you gotta be, be ready, ready to read. read. If you want an action game, this yeah. is not an action game. But it's legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. There is a random DMX reference. What? In 2019, uh-huh. there was a DMX reference where I was looking at a, I was looking at something and trying to get some clues. So I was accessing a part of my mind, and then like the mind was just like, 
was was um the, the one of my options right other than investigating was like was like uh uh, was, X gonna give it no, to you. It was another another song where it was like, "Where the hood at?" And I was just like, "Is that a DMX?" I where clicked that, hood? and then like my per- my other personality part was just like, <coughs> "Where the hood? Where the hood? Where the hood at?" And then it just goes through the chorus of that song, and I went through that like four times. I was like, "Why is this even here?" Because I'm crazy. <laughs> Have a brother in the cut. Where the hood? Where yeah. the wood at? Yeah, where the wood at? Where the wood at? Yeah. And then there was another option where it's just I could just save where the hood at. My man, <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. bad words. Oh, uh, yeah, this this you know, that's a that's a terrible song because there's a lot of uh, there's I don't know if you know racial this, epithets. but sometimes there's racial epithets in song, but also there's a lot of homophobia. In I was going to say you know that song in particular is used to have a lot of homophobia, some misogyny in there maybe. A little uh, bit. Very yeah. there's a lot of there's some bad. Uh, homophobic uh-huh. stuff. I did. I did. I did meet a super racist in that game, and I've heard uh, about this. And the podcast. options were uh, were you have some good ideas? No, you don't. Fuck off, or I'd like to hear more. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. That's a fucking game. Yeah, I uh, that game goes places. I didn't buy it for myself, hoping that I would give the option to one of my good good friends to possibly buy it oh. as a Christmas present because it is on my wish list. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm very, very early. I highly recommend that game if you're, if you want to, if you want a story game, a strong narrative. Uh, yeah, and then there's some, you know, puzzle, uh, action. I mean, that uh, adventure style game to it where, like, there's still a hanging corpse in the backyard of you this. You dealt with that corpse yet, Dan? I we examined it, but we're trying to figure out a way to get it down. I told my partner to shoot at it, and he did, and he missed, and he was just like. I was just like, "Hey, maybe I should try it." And I had enough I had enough persuasion to persuade him even though he's like, "I don't think you should." But yeah. I persuaded him into. And then my brain was just like, "I don't think we should do this." Multiple parts of my brain were like, don't "I don't know about this." Don't and then the it. anger was like, "Shoot him. Shoot him. Motherfucker." And I was just like, "I'm going to hand the gun back to." Maybe this was a bad yeah. idea. Come on, let me shoot him actually. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Yeah. I was kidding. I seeing if you'd let me have your gun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little stressful because, like, you have to kind of pay attention to the conversation and where it's going. Yeah. I mean, you do hit the video game thing because, like, you know, there's always there's always a part where it's just like, oh, here's a bunch of options to go into the different parts of the conversation. What do you want? Know, you want to know about the body, the murder, what you were doing that day, and all those things. Those leads into deeper conversations, and then you wrap back around to the main menu of that conversation. It's still a video game. Yeah, it's still. A- you still have to get people to actually engage with. The- I think the writing is really is really fun cool. and actually kind of funny and subversive. Oh, um, one of my aspects of my brain was like that I never talked to before was this like, "Hey, what's up?" And I was like, "Hey, who he's are like, you?" He's like, "You know what we should do?" I was like, "What? We should make communism a thing again." And I was just like, "What?" I heard communism is something if you accept it. Yeah, so I accepted- it will speak up a lot. So I accepted communism. That's what he said. We should make communism a oh, thing again. Or something like that. Like uh-huh. something, like just out blatant like that. I was like, what is this game? It's so good. Yeah. It's so dumb. But also grand. Cool. You know, hearing that from you, we should make it a thing. All right. Yeah, let me look. I think I have the screenshots for it, but go ahead. Kevin. I'm done. Have you played any video games? So I finished up near story <coughs> or ending A and B. So it's one of those where this one has C and D also. 
I'm not going to do C and D. I looked them up on YouTube. Sure. I'm going to say it's kind of bullshit how you get it. So as you play through a game, you have three types of weapons. You have one-handed sword, two-handed swords, and spears. You get some weapons from finding them, you know, in treasure chests or crates or whatever. Sometimes you might get one from someone, or you might get it as a story thing, or you have to buy them. And if you have to buy them, they are typically between about 15000 through upwards of, I think, 60000 money. I don't think it gives money actual unit. I ended the game with about 60000 money. I did not spend much money. I could buy maybe one of the super expensive weapons. If I want to see ending C or D, after you get ending B, it goes, would you like to save your game? And you save it and it goes, hey, you can now reload this save and try and get ending C or D. You just need to get every weapon in the game. And it's like, that's bullshit. And what does it have to do with the ending? Because it's not like, oh, when you get all the weapons, actually there are secret crystals that unlock the elemental chamber, some bullshit like that. No, it's just get the weapons that are gatekeeping in the game, like purely gameplay mechanics. You don't need to use every weapon. You don't need to know about every weapon, really. You just have to buy every weapon. So I decided to look up the endings. I gotta say, the game, overall, the endings are really cool. The gameplay, just like with Nier Automata, going through game ending A is pretty cool. Going through ending B and beyond, you get a lot more information that makes you go, holy shit, everything I was doing was a lot deeper than it was. I also have to say, playing through Nier Automata, if you play through that game and read all of like the different... Um, grimoires and war pieces and whatever it gives you, you learn a lot of cool stuff and the whole game kind of makes sense. Near, if you do not read the side stories that were published as books, you do not know what the fuck is going on. I don't mean books in the game. I mean books that might have only been released in Japan. You gotta commit, Kevin. You have to watch YouTube lore series yeah. on the game to make total sense. Because, for example... Somebody once forwarded me a three-hour lore dump of that on YouTube, and I was like, what? I spent this week watching through somewhere around six hours of lore stuff on Nier. It was really cool. I gotta say, it's really fucking cool. But you should not have to have that level of investment to make sense of this game. So, it's fair to spoil this game, right? You two are not going to play the original Nier. Probably not, no. It's not on PC... I'm, it's. I'm gonna say the, it takes effort to play through it. I will never say 100 percent no, but I will say it is 99 and 9 to infinity percent no. Okay, we're going to spoil a few things. Okay. So remember how I said before the game starts in like the year 2050, and then goes like 1,000 years later, and you're same character with the same daughter, but now it's kind of a medieval world. Sure. You were in the ruins of like. Tokyo, and now you're in, like, just generic future medieval type of setup. So it ends up, you in the year 2050, um, so at this point, they're separating humans from their souls. So body and soul were separate. The soul actually mattered. The bodies were dying from a disease. And you happen to be the most powerful soul. Your soul was so powerful because you're motivated to save your daughter that you were able to generate a type of energy 
that kept souls from going crazy. They had to be fed this type of energy, or a soul could get corrupt and becomes essentially an evil ghost. And so, the, the final oh, boss okay. of the game in the thousand-year time jump yes. looks like you, but he's kind of ghosty. Ends up he is that guy from back then. You're a replicated body uh-huh. who g- gains sentience over time. You kill the Shadow Lord, being you from the past, and at that point, everything goes weird with other ghosts. The only reason you know about the ghosts being fed off of you is if you read a book. If you didn't read that, you wouldn't know why killing Ghost You destroyed everything in the world. It's one of those things where it's like this one little thing, they never explain it. You never get a war piece in the game to explain why killing the big bad dooms the world. I mean, it's essentially, what if in Final Fantasy VI, you kill Kefka, and all of a sudden the ending isn't you all escaping the tower and, you know, saying, like, you know, Terra went on to do this. Mm -hmm. Instead, just goes, everyone dies. Humanity ended. Good fucking job, Terra and Locke. You guys fucked up. Hey, my my team was was Terra, Shadow... I'm not naming who Edgar. your party was. I'm naming like the two protagonists. Like the actually, oh, Ter- Celis, huh? No, Celis. She doesn't get. She, she had her own little soul apart during that game. Yeah, Celis was okay, but it's like they never gave her enough story. Really, what are you talking about? No, She's no. First- I'm saying she led the plot. They didn't give her like a story. Story like Locke had the whole thing with Rachel and the Phoenix and all of that, which was kind of epic. Um, the brothers Edgar and Sabin, yeah. they had a great story. Yeah. Celis was just. Like, she didn't have the backstory going on. I wish they gave her more backstory, because she was a cool character. Like, they didn't give her enough. And truth be told, Terra's stuff, some of her stuff was kind of meh. But they gave her a lot of it. They did. Hell, they gave Shadow more stuff than Cellas with the whole, like, freaky dream sequences. Yeah, but those are hidden. Those creep me out as a kid when they first showed up, because the music, you go the inn and you get like the do-do-do-do-do, and then it's like, boom, boom. It's like, the fuck is oh my god what's going on this is weird but yeah they pretty much don't give you all the plot which if they gave all the plot it would have been really cool not giving it it's a really cool story because in the end it essentially has a message of everything goes to shit for everyone but most of the characters actually come out not happy like it's not a happy ending for anyone But it's a peaceful ending. Like, people actually... It's kind of a a game with a message of, hey, shit happens. You can either let that shit define you, or let that shit be something that molds you, but it doesn't define you. You grow from it, and you're happy just to live. Like, Emil becomes, like, he's first a boy, who, if he looks at saying it, turns stone. Then he becomes freaky Yoko Taro helmet skeleton guy. And then he becomes a head rolling through the desert. Okay. But he's happy in the end. Sure. Because he's like, you know what? <clears throat> I rolling. saved everyone. He's like, he actually even says, at one point he goes, when I was young, I was ashamed of my eyes. Then as I grew older, my body was hideous. But now I'm actually able to do something to save my friends. I'm kind of proud of who I became, despite all of that. And it's like, that's kind of the message at the end. You could kind of, no matter what shit happens, live through it. Sure. Accept it. Grow from it. Yeah. Don't let tragedy define who you are. It might help shape you, but it isn't you. And it's kind of a good message at the end. The game's getting all preachy on me here. Well, Yoko Taro is all about 
existential nightmare crisis and redefining what it means for humanity to exist. And sexy anime ladies shooting stuff. Well, he is very good at being weird with things like that. One of my favorite interactions is you have your talking book, you have Kaine, your compatriot, who's always wearing, like, lingerie, and your book friend keeps making comments like calling her a hussy. He likes the word hussy. hussy. At one point, he makes a comment about... We're tired of seeing you wearing those same dirty pair of lingerie everywhere. And she makes a, she points out, hey, it's not dirty. I actually have a different pair for every day of the week. And I wash them when I'm not wearing them. When we make camp, I do my laundry. And it's like, okay, that's weird added detail. Also my skin process photosynthesis. I can't, yeah. I just Luckily, to, it never goes I have to that level of grossness. naked all the time. So one thing Don't I... Don't be ashamed of your words and deeds. One thing I have watched since we last podcast, trying to track down every video where it's Metal Gear Solid Five, where they did a character model swap with Quiet. Like, there's Dancing in the Rain, where it's Ocelot's body instead sure. of Quiet. Uh-huh. You gotta watch that. That's some homoerotic stuff going on. Or the shower scene swapped out where it's Ocelot and Quiet changed. Not the shower scene, her shower, but the one where you show up on on um, at the base and you're stinking. And instead of Ocelot going, oh, you stink. It's that voice coming from Quiet looking at you. And then all of a sudden Ocelot teleports in and starts dragging you to the shower. Some good shit. I think it makes Kojima cry. I also, speaking of story, no spoilers at all. I played through the final chapter of Life is Strange 2. I like what his story did. This is not a spoiler at all. I'm going to say it doesn't fucking do the triangle structure. You, there are endings you cannot get based off of the last choice. It looks like it's giving you that triangle. At the end, it gives you the final choice. You know, every game always has the final choice. And it's like, that is going to be my ending. This one, whatever one you pick, there is not a set ending for it. It's determined by everything you have done. It has been adding up the influence of all your choices. I've heard there's seven endings. I can guarantee just looking at the... Uh, what you received, you know, the percentage you got this, other people, 20% of people got this ending, 20% got this. There's at least four endings for sure, but I've heard people say there are seven. And you, depending on what you do, you cannot just course correct. You cannot do like, you know, at the end of a lot of these games, it pretty much, it's always Lee dies and Clem goes on to live. Uh-huh. It's always going to be this happens or this happens. Like Life is Strange 1 ended with do you stop the storm or do you save your friend? This one, it goes, no, you know what? You might have fucked up a few chapters ago. You ain't coming back from that. Which is really cool. Like it really encourages replaying of the game. I don't know if I'll do that because it's pretty long. Yeah. But it is cool to see that. Uh, I think as Gita Jackson wrote the review for Kotaku, they're waiting for the final chapter to give the ultimate review. Mm-hmm. And she was saying the ending wasn't what she expected to get necessarily. And she even made a comment like, I'm kind of tempted to go back and be the most selfish uh, asshole I could be just to see what Where ending that gives. Yeah. So that was really impressive of the game. 
I mean, it did a lot more like, remember Life is Strange 1, where you're trying to get from Frank at the camper, you're trying to get some info or whatever yeah. it was, and the the dialogue tree that was published on how many choices, mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff they did with the ending of this game. Cool. So, I gotta say, overall impressive. The last chapter goes really heavy on, like, on a fan service, because you start to... go to, to Tatooine. Yep. So they go Moss Eisley, and they go that same uh, booth where Han didn't shoot first because it's now same time, McClunky. <coughs> McClunky. McClunky motherfuckers. But. Han Mabuki. I'll just say, for no reason, there is a character who pretty much recaps to you everything that happened to Max Caulfield after the events of Life is Strange 1. Somebody tells you everything she has done for the last two years. There is no reason that this should happen. Hey, you, who I just kind of met, you never met these characters and would have no interest. Let me tell you every city that she has gone to. Let me tell you every event she has done. And let me have detailed information based off of what choice you made in that game. It's kind of... Doesn't feel like it fits. It doesn't fit at all. It's like the one part of it. Also, there is a part where it's super heavy-handed on... Personally, I didn't... So, first chapter, there were some people going, Man, that's kind of heavy, he- heavy-handed on the whole, like, um, racism in the U.S. and make America great again. Which I didn't think is heavy-handed, because that's the type of people we live with. You played the first chapter, right? No, I haven't played any of this yet. Oh, so there is a event that happens where there is a fucking racist guy out in the boonies. And it's like, people were saying, that's kind of heavy. And it's like, no, that is the fucking world we live in. If you go out to the boonies, there are a lot of racist white people. There's a lot of racist white people in the city, too. Like, you know, they're everywhere. It's not a... So this... Not all racist. I, I felt chapter one... <laughs> Hashtag not all racist in. Episode one not was not, like, heavy-handed. This one does reach a point where, because you are going... Your whole goal in the game is you're escaping to Mexico. Like, that isn't a spoiler. That is the plot of the game. They lay it out right away. Yeah, and Young Guns too. yeah. And I'll just say, as you get closer, they do reach a point where it's going, okay, here we went from, like... Yeah, this is America. We're only going really show heavily on that racist aspect to, okay, this is probably how the people in France at Don't Nod are looking at this from news reports. It went from kind of real feeling to, okay, this is just what you're reading in the news. You did not get good research because it's a little too heavy handed. But overall, good game. Cool. I like it more than Before the Storm probably like it a touch more than the first Life is Strange, because the first Life is Strange, that last chapter was kind of, eh. I I don't have any basis for comparison yet. I'll have to make it once I play this. That last chapter, I just felt weird, the whole living in the nightmare world. But overall, good. Um, Also, I've started playing Arise, which is a game that came out on the dreaded Epic Store. It's not on Steam. So, it's a horrible game. I'm one of those traitors to the PC Master Race. Alright, join us. It's fine. 
Arise is interesting. It's essentially a very light puzzle game, heavy on story, but with no written or spoken dialogue. Of uh, It starts with you're a Viking-looking dude on a puner- uh, funeral... Funeral fire. On a funeral fire, and they light a pyre to that fire, mm-hmm. and your body goes up, and then you wake up in, like, a snowy afterlife. And then you're the dragon slayer. No, the Dovahkiin. Excuse me. What? Did I go in the wrong series there? Nobody? Uh-huh. You you weren't lit up. Like, you were a prisoner going to be beheaded, but they didn't even come up to you and the dragon showed up. And then you're like, oh, I gotta get out of here. I'm, I'm running I away. I played the game with the Any Other Hero option mod because cause that's how real people play that game. But then I went to Whiterun. I was like, I'm going to get a house here. And then, like, the guards kept, even though I saved the place, they're like, we don't like the looks of you. And it's like, I'm I'm the Dovahkiin, and I saved this place. I'm like the Jarl of this place. Like, or not the Jarl, but the Jarl's, like, dude, whatever they called you. Because the Jarl goes, oh, you saved us. I'm going to give you a house, and, like, you're going to be my advisor and all of that. And it's like, guards are still saying, better watch your fucking step. And then that one annoying one goes, I was going to be a hero once, but I took an arrow to the knee. As a joke, meaning like he oh, he proposed, okay. and his wife's like, "You're not going to be a hero. Game. You're going to be like a guard." And it's like, I don't care. I don't care about your life story. I'm the Dovahkiin. So Arise pretty much feels a lot like a Pixar type of short, a series of Pixar shorts where you're looking at events in your life, and you could use time mechanic to fast forward and rewind to solve basic puzzles. So. The first area you're seeing yourself as a little kid when you first met your your beloved as childhood like crush type of thing. And if you fast forward time, you'll make it where all the snow in the area melts and water levels rise. You rewind time, water levels go down and snow refreezes. And you use that to solve how to get up around puzzles and all of that. It's kind of a very simple puzzle game, but real good like emotional impact to the story like Overall, pretty impressive of a game. And... That's it. Marble Puzzle Quest? Bug Fables. Okay. Which is a lot like a Mario Paper Mario game. I gotta say, the game has one flaw that might kill me from playing it. When you level up, or as you play through, you never increase your attack power. You never really increase your defense, except under special circumstances. You can increase what special attacks you have. You'll learn new ones as you level up. When you level up, you could select, do I want one more hit point per party member? Do I want three TP, which is your team point, so your magic points essentially? Or do I want to increase my badge points, which is how much equipment you could wear? So you wear badges, like one of them is, anytime I'm poisoned, I gain one defense on whatever character is equipped with the badge. Another one is 50% poison resist. Another one is enemies never can sneak attack me. You never get stronger, though. And over time, it starts feeling like the enemies start doing a lot more damage to you. And you're not gaining health and all of that at a reasonable pace. So all of a sudden, it becomes a case of, okay, can't... Am I just playing this game where the only way I'm improving in ability is I could buy more expensive, better healing items? So, like, I start to reach point where it's like, all right, now when I fight a boss, I have to have at least one whatever they call the item that brings a person back from the dead with full health. 
and eventually it'll be, okay, now I need a whole inventory of those items, which kind of feels dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to feel like I'm getting stronger as the monsters are getting stronger. Yeah. Instead, the monsters are getting stronger, and you start to get punished. So, you know, Mario RPG type things. You hit the button at the right time, and you could partially block an enemy attack, or fully block, depending. This one... You the first time you encounter an enemy, you're not going to know the cues for when to hit the block button, and they are going to just be doing more and more damage, where it's like, until you learn those cues, you're fucked. And then once you learn those cues, good news, until you get to the boss, who has different cues, and then you're in a new area with new monsters with new cues. So you're not getting, like, the proper, you know, you don't have the proper carrot. You're not getting the whole reward cycle. It's a cool game. It just it feels out of balance. QQ, QQ. I didn't play any Ring Fit Adventures because did say my ankle where like I don't think I should be doing the running in place. You can do silent mode and do squats. I'd fuck up my ankle doing that. Yeah. The one problem with that game, it's really cool, but I wish it had a mode. It also helped for like accessibility. Say something like my legs are kind of fucked right now. Because there are some people who would want, I could see wanting to play that game, who might have walking disabilities. Yeah, it's, the, the criticisms I heard of that is not being able to customize your exercises enough in when you're going through the, the quest itself. So. Yeah, because in just exercise mode, you could pick whatever one you yeah. want. Mini games, you could pick mini games that tailor to what type of muscles are best for you. But the quest mode, you have to do all of them. And it would be really cool if you could say, hey, maybe right now I can't do any leg stuff. Because, like, you know, I just kind of tweaked my ankle. But let's say I sprained my ankle, but I want to keep exercising. It's like, hey, can I keep doing everything else? Because I could do, like, the, you know, raise it over your head and squeeze the ring type of thing. Just, I can't run. Or if, let's say, I hurt my arm, can I just do, like, squats and running? So close. Nintendo. Nintendo, be more, like, accessible. Nintendo. Accessibility is a good thing in games. It is. That's why I like that Microsoft controller. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And Logitech just released a peripheral pack for it recently, so... I'm looking forward to, uh, during the big Steam blowout for the Steam controller, half-coordinated ordered one. I saw it. Because he's like... When it came out, I said it wouldn't be accessible. I couldn't use it. People kept telling me, oh, you're holding it. You're thinking of holding it wrong. Well, I ordered one because it was $5. And I want to use it to show how bad it is. And it is. It's not a great accessible controller. It's not a great controller. Is it, it, it was an idea. The, the road to hell it's, is paved with That's true. It was an idea. idea. The road to hell is paved with Steam or Valve ideas. Yeah. Is that it for you, Kevin? Oh, I played Pokemon Go. You want to hear about my Pokemon Go? Alright guys, taste test time! Because I didn't play anything else. Hey, speaking of food... What? Did you hear, back in 2017, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcast Corporation... Okay. One of their programs was curious about how much chicken is in various fast food chicken. And so, they took a bunch to a lab... And repeated their findings a few times. It's an independent lab. And so in order to call something chicken... It has to be more than 50% chicken. And so they realized there was a small problem. 
So most fast food chicken came back between 88.5 and 89.4% chicken. Yes. Of which you have to remember there's breading, there's seasoning, there's all of that. There's added usually to a lot of those. Some soy, yeah. some flour. Yeah. Like, there are things that go into it. So, like, if you go KFC and get extra crispy original recipe, it's not 100% chicken because that extra crispy is part of the there's food. Breading and seasoning and, yes. Yeah. So you're not going to you get modified hundred. chicken. And- so oven roasted chicken from Subway was 53.6%. And their strips, they're probably going to have spell chicken with like a Y, like no, the chick- wings. C H I C K apostrophe N. Chicken. Because <laughs> it was 42.8%. The bulk of it was soy protein. That's, you know, when you when you have uh, $5 footlongs, you got to cut corners somewhere, right? So Subway decided to sue the CBC. It went to the Ontario Superior Court. Yep. And let's just say the Superior Court, they, so first off, Subway did their own testing that said it is like 99 point something percent chicken, which it's not going to be that high. It can't be. It can't. It's that pure chicken. Pure uncut (coughs) Colombian chicken. Oh, Mm, feel that chicken. So Superior, the Superior Court of Ontario. Yes. Was great. They looked at, they said... This was independent labs. This was for public good to make proper consumer choice. You need informed decisions. Uh Fucking get out of here. They could still go to the Supreme Court of Canada, but it's great for right now. You could call Elon Musk a pedo, and you could call Subway Chicken, chicken with an apostrophe or a Y, like wings. Non-chicken. Partially made from chicken. So that's your food Lovely. news. Um, Alright, boys. We're going to start off with something that we know somewhat. I saw these as a new flavor of shrimp chips. The shrimp with all the proper letters? Yes. Shrimp chips baked. These are yuzu oh. and black pepper yeah. flavored. Oh. Dude, my shrimp chips. The only problem with the bags of shrimp chips is that they are impossible to open like I usually open chips. So, because their tops don't pull apart the way that normal. Oh, they do, but eventually they explode. Alright, here we go. I'm going to take a couple. Dan. I'm passing to Kevin. So, the big question John, do you feel baked? Let me get some. Oh, when you're done, I'm sorry. I was not. John, do you feel baked? <laughs> I know how social etiquette works. I'm not going to not pass it to Kevin. <laughs> Dan's going to go, they're mine now. And then you're going to hug it like a dried fish, which no one will understand except us who read the book. Oh, They taste like a less intense version of the shrimp chips. Wait, it's supposed to be yuzu? Yuzu and black pepper is what it says. I'm not getting any yuzu no. out of that. Or black pepper. Yeah. They just taste like a less subdued version <coughs> of shrimp chips. It's a little sweeter. Yeah. Dan? Yeah. Oh, I got a hint of black pepper on one bite. Okay. It tastes fine. All right. It's not what it advertised. No. They taste fine. Uh, you pour those are... into a bowl at a party, I will eat all I the shit out of that actual bowl. actual chips out of shrimp. Like, just deep fried until they're basically know. crispy. Yeah. Well, you want to roll them flat so they're yeah, like yeah, potato yeah. chips, nice and thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then you dip them into like guacamole. These are undecipherable popping corn chips, grilled corn flavor from South Korea. Oh, on the note of food, Bree has been wanting to watch a lot of Christmas cooking shows, especially like British ones like Nigella. Which, she gets angry when I keep commenting, where's all the cocaine? I mean, hey, girl, like a party. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my jello loss and doing a little booger sugar. <laughs> Pretty keeps, anytime I go, when she goes like, and for a party, we're going to need proper appetizers, like cocaine. Bree's like, Kevin, shut up. So, she went to a store, a nut store, like a nut vendor, to just get a bunch of different nuts for bowls. Like little bowls with like, bowls you know, pecans salted, salted and, and, yeah. Flavored salted nuts. One of them. I was like, that ain't fancy party in the U.S. That's watching NASCAR. She made sure to get fancy like almonds and fancy pistachios and fancy pecans. And there was fancy corn nuts. I was like, that, that's nuts. not Christmas. That's watching NASCAR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> British are funny. Dan? The popping corn chips, grilled corn flavor. <laughs> Dan's like, they're mine. Is it popping? Is it popping and walking? Yeah. yeah. I don't get grilled corn. No, I get like, I get less salty bugle from that. So, you know the joke about the inside of a bag of chips is mostly air? Inside of these? Inside of these is a big pocket of air. So, it's a bag of air filled with air. Mm. Alright. We're going to go with the Camarocho corn snacks. Wait, is that from Yakuza? Camarocho. Caramucho. Caramucho. Is that character designed by Crayon Shinchan's artist? I'm going to show you his little dick. It's elephant dance. These are Taiwanese. This is the original spicy corn snack, oh, but it's listed as one. the corn soup with pepper flavor. I don't know how you make the corn soup. Oh, well, I mean, you look like Cheetos. Kind of. That's so you can make these into soup by blending them and adding them to water. Okay. I actually wonder if maybe that would actually work. Wow. I think in the end it would kind of work, but you'll... You know what? I was going to say you'll have regrets. No, no, I think actually you'd eat it. We would all. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor on those. Like, you get, you have the expectation of it just being very plain corn, but then I've been into it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's very corn. It tastes like cream corn. Yeah. That's kind of good. I get down with that. It's pretty good. You know what? Add that to water. Make corn soup. Alright, now we're going with the same brand, the Caramucho corn snack, but this is the spicy curry version, which means it's going to be probably more subdued than the la- than the corn soup ones we just had, based on the, the other spicy snacks we've had recently. I'm just going to say, that corn's in your face. Mm-hmm. Well, these smell very curry-like. Oh, oh no. Oh. Yeah. Okay, we got an official yeah from John. Mm, I like that. That's good. 
That's like, that is j- Japanese curry, like... A lot better than the food truck's uh, curry katsu by my work. Mm. Their curry is sad. I'm, I'm so down. It's as good as Yakuza. Yakuza? Yakuza? No, oh, Yasuko's. Yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what I get from that. I get the fucking chicken breast yuck, uh, curry from Yasuko's in college. Just pour it all over the rice. I need to mask your whatever, wherever you're your, getting your, your chicken. Chicken. <laughs> well, remember the beef? Yeah. I don't think I ever had the beef there. It was rat meat. I only yeah, had the bad. chicken. You just get the chicken. <coughs> I forget. It was good because it was cheap and it was right there. This is just listed as fresh. Then along came that, what was it, Yoshino's or whatever? That place was really good. And of course, that came around like after we're mm. pretty much done with college. And they only accepted cash. Yeah, that was weird. But they had an ATM in there that charged you like two or three dollars. I forget what flavor these are, but they are potato rings of some kind. I don't know what's going on with that logo. Is that blackface on the hamburger helper? Is that? No, it's a hand. I think it's blackface of the hamburger helper mitt. Mm. This is like a cross between a regular potato chip and like a Frito. It's a curled up picnic. There you go. Yeah, I get that. It's like a fatter picnic. The flavor is so non-intense after those last two. Yeah. Like I don't even, it's just, yeah. I'm not getting any real. It's like a Frito's coin chip, but like without any of the Frito's part. The dusting on it. Yeah. They look like calamari rings mm-hmm. that are dehydrated. Yeah. And those are mostly butts. <laughs> Give me that calamari ass. I think there was like some some article like a couple years ago of like most of the calamari are actually just asses. Like pig ass. Fake? Like it's not actual calamari? Yeah, when you buy a calamari from like a restaurant. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's still the case, but it was like a number of years ago where it's just like, yeah, it's actually just... If you're getting those perfectly shaped rings, like I can definitely get that. That's why usually I like the places that are like, you see the squid legs and stuff as part of it all cut up. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there's no part of that in a pig. All right, Dan, favorite out of those that we tested? Mm, I like the cream corn. Yeah. The corn soup. Kevin? Hard to pick between the corn <coughs> soup and the curry, curry. corn. Those were those are surprisingly. I would good corn eat snacks. both of those all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're good snacks. Um, mix them. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that might yeah. be fun. Yeah, I could do that. Little because the the sweet corn would be good a good complement to the the uh, the curry. Mix them up. Be like Chicago popcorn, but yeah, yeah. Let's call it Taiwanese like Grilled Cheetos. And then I got this from Trader Joe's. It's called the Step Up to the the snack mix, the snack bar mix. They have a bunch of weird You put a flavors. plan on that? But yeah. How much did that cost from Trader Joe's? I want to say it's like four bucks, something like that. I think it's about that. Well, that just look like Utz uh, snack mix. Well, they have a couple of weird flavors in here. They comes with cheddar rocket crackers, corn chips with flax seeds, honey roasted peanuts, those are pretty standard, chili lemon corn sticks, honey roasted sesame sticks, which they have at their place in bags by themselves, and then honey mustard pretzel pizza. The chili lemon corn sticks was the, the one one I was like, why Why is this in here? That's pretty much pub mix. Yeah, it's their version of pub mix. So, Kevin, okay, let me try a little. 
I will say the honey mustard pretzels and the chili lemon sticks are the most prominent flavors. The cheese is pretty mild on the crackers. I'd mix in the, the curry and the yeah. corn soup. And then get rid of all of these because those flavors would drown them out. Yeah. They're fine. Like I said, I saw them at the, like, right at the cash registers I was checking out, so I was like, oh, I'll give this a shot. I you like- know what my favorite part of, like, a good trail mix is? That part that's kind of like a disc, and it kind of looks like a bread. Oh, the rye chips. Yeah. Oh, like in the Gerditos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those yeah. are, they sell those, I don't know if they still did it, but they did for a little while, where it was just a bag of those. Yeah, Gerditos, they sell the bag of the rye chips. Because Brie was making a <coughs> Chex Mix, yeah. which is so much better with those. Mm-hmm. So she ordered from Amazon because it's hard to find them in a store. Yeah. So she ordered like a four pack. But of it's them. definitely like you you want a little more of them, but eating them all by themselves can be a little too much. You need the rest of your the mouth mix gets to kinda, tired. Speaking yeah. Garditos. So a CEO of a company, I'm not going to say it's the company I work for, but anyway, I was getting some snacks and then and then uh, they were there and then... So what Jeff Bezos do to you? Then they were like, no, I didn't get that job. Um, fuck Amazon. <laughs> fuck Amazon. On price how you don't hate yourself yeah, every, hate day. every day. <clears throat> but, you know, I could dr- I could have drowned that out yeah, with oh, money. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Money can wash yourself clean. Superficial. Anyway, so I was. He was like, "Oh, what we're we gonna get?" You know, making small talk in a kind of pandering or patronizing way, but whatever. Mm, yeah, it's not the worst, right? Uh, their dad is worse that I've met. Anyway, um, so he was like, "Oh, well, what were you getting for the snack things?" I was like, "Uh." I was thinking of uh, getting the Cardinos. And he's like, oh, wow, fancy. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's the best one. I'm going to get some Cardinos. And I was like, okay. Good. This is weird. Look, wa- we're not friends. Did you watch him get the Cardinos? No, I mean, well, I I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of stood around it because it felt weird to just walk away. And then we took the elevator together. Ah, even better. Uncomfortable elevator rides. They're the best. He's usually all right. Yeah. His dad isn't bad. It's all right. His dad saw me wearing a hoodie once and was just like, oh, do you work here? And I was like, yes, I work here. He's like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh. I explained what I did. It's like, oh, I thought you were like with the elevator repair people. I thought you were a thug. And I was just like, fuck off. (laughs) You've I'm never, sorry, I'm not wearing a... You've never worked a day in your life. Yeah. I'm still wearing the fucking tie. Yeah. I came from outside. I'm wearing a hoodie. This is I'm the going to I'm my wearing. desk. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just take the Trump tax cuts and be happy? Why are you going to be all bitchy about shit? You guys won? Yeah. Hopefully not for long, but right now you guys <clears> won. <throat> anyway, so news? Oh, we've got some news. Alright, run through it. Alright. I'm almost tempted to want to get Mario Maker 2 because they essentially made Zelda 2 Maker. I got it. I probably should try that out. They added the Master Sword so you could be Link, who could dash with the sword, do a down thrust. You could shoot shoot your arrows at three angles, and you could drop bombs. I liked Patrick Klepek's tweet about it where he said, what the fuck is this? There was... Link having to shoot an arrow over a wall, over a thing that covered the whole screen. Like, he couldn't see, yeah. And then it's at an angle, and it starts falling, and eventually falls straight down to hit a P-block. That opens the door that he needed to go through. 
Which means, unfortunately, it means people are going to start putting blocks that are invisible, like entirely off the screen, that you have to hit. You know they're going to do that. Diabolical. However, it does look kind of cool when playing, like, good levels. I'm sure it is, yeah. Like, it's just, there's too many games. They also added pokies. Not enough time. And ice physics blocks. Pokemons. And ninja speedruns. Yes, ninji. Which has the little ninji ghosts. Uh-huh. So you could kind of see how everyone does as you do it. Yep. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. It looks like a very good update to that game. Uh, You would hope that they would have have been doing more updates, but they have not been doing enough, it seems, from the community's perspective to keep people engaged with that. So Polygon received a statement from Jake Rodkin who would be co-founder of Campo Santo, yeah, we heard about this. explaining how after the purchase of Campo Santo by Valve, the Valley of the Gods team has basically melted away, getting to choose to work on whatever they wanted to, because a lot of them on Half-Life that's Alex. That's Valve's like operating platform. Yeah, you grab your desk, wheel it to whatever you want to work on. They don't, tell, they don't tell anybody what to do other than... Work on what you, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the high level what they've said is that you work yeah. on what you want to work on. So, except if, if it's Valley if, of the Gods. If, no, except if Gab is, Gabin is like, oh yeah, it'd be really cool if we all worked on uh, Half-Life, but you can work on whatever you want. We're working on Half-Life, yeah, it is. We're working on Half-Life. Yeah. So, Rodkin did say it certainly feels like a project people can and may return to, but I'm, I'm so pissed off. That game looks so good, and I love Firewatch, and I love their their walking simulators. We're all looking, I believe, all three of us were looking forward to seeing what that game was going. Yeah, to Yeah, I'd like to believe them at face value that they wanted to work on Half Life, Alex. But I kind of, I just don't. I just you, don't. you know what? Like, I'm sure they they have great experience on working on it, and they actually liked what they're doing because they're professionals, and oh, yeah. they probably found a reason to care about it and stuff like that. But it wasn't hundred percent choice to that move to that seem project. Like the kind of games that they want to make. Well, I mean, granted, we only have really one example, yeah. right? There's only one Campbell Sandwich. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we only. Even Although they did have a lot of crossover with Fulbright, you know, yeah. with Gone Home. Yeah, but yeah, like a game where you're fighting the Combine and like getting in in loading guns and cocking them and stuff like that. That doesn't seem like a Campbell Sandwich no. game. You you could pretty much be guaranteed. Gaben was along the lines of you know. Just saying, we have Half-Life Alex, and it's not like we're really trying to push something to help sell our own VR headset. I could see it if, you know, I mean, they are game developers. Like, yeah, if, 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 if somebody you have approach- a choice to work on the next the, Half-Life the game. franchise of mm-hmm. one of the, you know, the key games, like, I could see it, but I don't know. I just would just rather sad. have... Valley of the Gods and see what that's all about. Yep. Then, like, whatever, whatever. I saw there was a thread going around on Twitter by one of the freelan- a freelancer who was contracting for writing on that game. Yeah. And just how heartbroken he was that none of that, all that effort that he put into it might never see the light of day. It's kind of sad, but that's game development, unfortunately. On bright side, sometimes things do see the light of day, so. Sony had, Sony had the PlayStation oh. Awards 2019, where they showed off, like, their new commercial in the form of, like, a music video type thing of all the games coming out. Kevin, which, I got bad news. Are you saying that wasn't original? No. And it's a really cool video. Yeah. Like, it had all this cool animation, especially the movements to it. They stole it all. It's on the internet's public property. Oh, fair use, fair use, fair use. 
They stole a lot from graduate student projects. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of fucking low. And then they stole from Steven Universe and FLCL. Like, nobody would catch on to that. Just, I mean, just call your character the Antichrist in Arabic, and it's it all wraps back around again. <laughs> However, their awards had some interesting things. Near Automata got a platinum prize for being a game that sold more than a million units in Japan and Asia for the last year. People are still buying that, giving Yoko Taro an excuse to come up on stage. He got his his mask fixed. Good. He was wearing his mask. Good. I like Yoko Taro. Yeah, the guy's, the guy's He weird. makes me smile, because he's a weird motherfucker. He's not pervy like uh, like Kojima. He's weird, <clears throat> not pervy. That's, that's what I'll consider Yoko Taro. Other games that sold more than a million units last year, God of War, Kingdom Hearts 3, big surprise, uh, Spider-Man, and Red Dead uh, Redemption 2, which if there's only five games selling a million or more in Japan and Asia, I'm kind of surprised Red Dead Redemption 2. It's not what you think of as, like, the usual million seller for Japan. But that's it's a cultural cool. phenomenon kind of game. Meanwhile, like, Devil May Cry 5 only got the gold prize. That's for a half million units. Sekiro. Because all those Japanese people are buying Xboxes and Game Pass. Then they don't have to buy the game. They can just play it. No? No, John. What? The Japanese don't care about the Xbox. What? They're just never going to. What? They barely care about console games right what? now. What? You're kidding me. Unless it's mobile. It's not, it's not agile good. or hostile. <laughs> Their VR award, which for games that saw VR success, I don't know what that means. VR success. Virtual success. Astrobot won one of the awards. I love that game. Yeah. I want more Astrobot. Was it a virtual success? It was a yes. success <laughs> like, yes, like it in was. virtual space. <laughs> uh, the only dialogue option I have is silence. <laughs> say nothing. You say nothing. Oh my god. And then, anything special? You're like, forgetting about the most important announcement this week, Kevin. Oh, Final Fantasy VII got their 25th anniversary special award, because, yeah. No. Dynasty Warriors Three got their anniversary special award. Battle Arena Toshinden got their 25th anniversary special. You are missing out on the most important gaming fantasy. Oh, Nier Automata got the 25th anniversary user's choice award. No, none of these things matter. Because there's a game coming out where you can finally become God. Back in White 3? No, Dan. Populous 4. You on Musk Simulator? No, guy. It's called I Am Jesus Christ. And it's a real game. On Steam? That is being developed currently. The trailer was just released. Is it first person? Yes. Oh, is it. this like Hentai Sniper Middle East? There is a GIF I've seen that shows a panning of Jesus on the cross, and then it's zooming in to the first person view. Oh, nice. And you break out and you start like killing all the Romans? <clears throat> the publisher of Cooking Simulator, Car Mechanic Simulator, Thief Simulator VR, and other simulation-style PC games is releasing a sim of godlike proportions, says Polygon.com. Stop it. It's called I Am Jesus Christ, and it puts you into the humble sandals of Jesus of Nazareth himself, letting you perform dozens of first-person miracles. See, I would like, I would like a really fucking tropey, like open-world. Um, game where you're Jesus Christ, where it's just like, like oh, like oh, there's a beggar in uh, in the next town over. You gotta go over there and perform a couple miracles for him. Heal his leprosy. Yeah, and you gotta go over there 
Is that what that is? Open world? The trailer showcases the highlight, greatest hits of New Testament miracles. Cures the blind, spawns fish until a hungry peasant's bucket overflows, and even walks on water to command a stormy sea to obey. It'd be him. cool if he had, like, mana. Like, or, like, some kind of, like, uh, meter. So you just can't keep performing miracles. The trailer even offers a first-person... you gotta get potions. ...perspective on Christ's crucifixion as his sacred heart meter depletes just as it was described in the Bible. And, of course, there's the resurrection. There's also a few more peaks on Steam from his life in first person. Washing his disciples' feet. The Last Supper. Brawling with Satan! Yeah, he did that. Yeah. I think that was maybe in the So, you know, I was enjoying the game until I got to the 40 days out in the wilderness. Because, yeah. oh my god, that part just drags on for like 40 fucking days. It's all in real time. Like, it is 40 days of game. It'd be cool, like, if he goes into the temple, like, where it's just like, it's just like, where where is my father? And, like, like what are all these people doing here in my father's house? And then right before he opens the, the temple doors to go in, he's, he goes, no Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this trailer now. We can all watch this trailer if you want. Oh, God. No, no, no. It, it starts great, because it shows Jesus walking in the desert. Let's turn the audio up so we can all hear this. Here we go. Come on, make this nice and loud. Right. We oh, need regret. Hold on, our podcast is... Our podcast is full of regret. All right, here we go. Glowy hands. Okay. Oh, look. Oh, oh, the meter depletes. Dan, he has mana. I want to plead oh, this. Oh, he has a scrapbook of it. I want to plead this right now. <laughs> oh, there's so many the fish. fish. They're multiplying. And he has a mana meter that depletes. Those are good looking fish. Yeah. How does he get his mana back? I pray. Um, <laughs> that boat looks bad. Oh, he's walking on water. Yeah, he's walking on water. And it's oh. in his scrapbook. And they're even doing the Bible quotes there. <laughs> I just like how he Here has... Here we go. I like the Polaroids. Oh, God. Oh, he's hanging. He's on the cross. Uh-huh. See, he's spelling the I in I am Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Wait, when is that coming out? It just says coming soon. Those are real developers, huh? Yeah. That's not a joke. No. Wait, they, they yeah, like the holy developer. shit, guys! I just realized I lost track of time. I thought it was December, <coughs> not April first. No, Kevin, it's December, December seventh, twenty nineteen. So what you're saying is to get hyped for this game, and in meantime, I'll just pick up Hentai Sniper Middle East to kill some time. There you go. Well, I want to know what I mean. Are they using King James? Just says New Testament miracles. Yeah, you got nailed well, down what translation? You're doing New James. You're doing the Catholic Bible. There's four fucking gospels that they're, they're well, three of them are the same, and then one of them's radically Wait, different. Is this actually like New Testament Bible or books that would be New Testament, but including ones that weren't accepted as canonical? So, are we going to get the uh, Gospel of Judas? Not, no, those are those are not going to be. Are we going to include translations that were found in Ethiopia, which were more more authentic to the original translations versus the modern translations? Going to go with the four? Is John Smith going to be involved in this? John, John, uh, John the Baptist? No, I'm John Smith had, had no, sex what's with his name in? Oh gosh, the Mormon guy, guy who created the Church of Mormon. What was his name? John Mormon? 
Uh, Joseph Smith. Thank you. See, I was trying to bring him on. Stephen A. Smith? No, that's the sequel. Stay off the cross. No, that's the sequel because the Mormons believe that after resurrection he he went to the Jamaica and preached to the Indians. Yeah. Who are one of. They're from the tribes of Israel. Uh I mean. Not that fucking cursed Dan tribe. (laughs) Which one is the cursed tribe? Forget. One of them's the cursed one. Levi? I think oh. so. Yeah, it's right. Wow. Um, anyway, guys, I want to know if this is based on the Book of John because that's where the real anti-Semitism is. <laughs> that real old-timey racism, and that's also the oh. f- Book of John. The Gospel according to John is the fucking weird one. That's the one with the really, really fun stuff and the the, the stuff that's just kind of weird. The other three, basically the same. <laughs> also, the Gospel according to John, is pretty much. Well, it doesn't exactly out and out come and say that the Jews are the reasons why he died, but that's what, what throughout history, <laughs> throughout history, Europeans yeah. have used for anti-Semitism. The Book of John, specifically the um, the scene where Pontius Pilate basically asks, like, "Oh, what should we do with this uh, with Jesus?" And then Jesus, and they're like, "We will kill him. You must kill him." But what about Barabbas? What about Barabbas? That'd be cool if they make. I always wanted a, a book of revelations like video game life. like let's get let's get going let's get going cuz that gets fucking crazy it's the only book of the bible that comes with a warning at the beginning it actually says like you better watch out cuz you're going to get fucked up like i'm not even joking like it, it literally is a warning the first the first uh, passage of the book of revelations is like watch out <laughs> what comes after this Kind of fucked up, so read at your own risk. Here we go from Judges. And the people of Dan set up the carved image for themselves. And Jonathan, the son of Gershorn, son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of captivity of the land. You two were in the Bible. I mean, yeah, that's... The Danites. There's no Kevin's letter to the (laughs) Galatians. And in St. Paul's letter to Kevin, sub, <laughs> sub Kevin. Wow, if you think about it, like one guy's just named Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, Nobody wholly named Paul anymore. Paul's a guy that sleeps on your couch, <laughs> smokes too much weed. And then you think he's alright, but, but but once in a while it gets a little racy. That's Peter. No, Peter Peter is Peter is the libertarian. Oh, who was Paul before, but now he's just way too, way too, like, uh, you know, people like him. He's really cool. He's basically the, at no taxation. That's Peter. Colin Moriarty. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, it'd be cool if, like, in the game, like, Peter, like, denies you. Three times? Oh, but you're not actually there. Yeah, you wouldn't see yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't see it. Oh, but you could see it through, like, omnipotence. Oh, vision. yeah, because he does confront him later. It says The Last yeah. Supper's in there, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're going to have uh, do the big arms thing, and everybody else Lazarus. do the big arms thing. Then you have the cut scene to see Judas get the third piece of play. I want to play the part where he, where he fucks up the temple. <laughs> Breaks like, down. Oh, you're in my father's yeah, house! Yeah, yeah. You know what? Blah, 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 if blah, we're blah. going to make a bunch of these Bible <coughs> games... Of this style, not like those old ones, like Baby Moses and all of that shit. Super I want a book of Enoch. It wasn't canonical, but it's something considered, you know, part. Of, I believe it's the pseudopigrapha. Fancy words, right there. Uh huh. It's a that book so that was considered biblical until they it got cut for a various reason, but not because <laughs> of its heretical it was or cut anything. For time. 
director's cut. It was kind of cut yeah, for time. Yeah, yeah. Or no, it was one that was lost up until they found it in Egypt back in like the uh, 19th century, I think. But the Book of Enoch is all about when Enoch went up to like get a tour of heaven and got to see the Watchers who are a bunch of fucking giants roaming the land. Press X to sacrifice Isaac. That is a book to become a game. Press Y to turn around. No, that would be, yeah, that would be your assault. task, your quest updated. Sacrifice son. Oh, and I want judges so you could play a Samson for a bit. Just start fucking up people. I mean, this is, a, this is an untapped gaming market. Up. Oh, then you could be Daniel in the lion's den. Well, that looks like it's in first person, so I wonder if it's going to have VR support, Kevin. See, the, the fucking stuff... The fucking stuff about the about the Daniel story is not the lion's den part. Is that he's crazy because he's having apocalyptic. The whole point of that book is that he's having apocalyptic visions and he's telling them to. Who is it? The Pharaoh? No, no, no. Um, He's telling the leader of Babylon. Yeah, he's telling him to somebody really important, and they're like, "You got to go in the lion's den, man, because you're crazy." And then he's like, "I'm crazy. You're crazy." And of course, the saying, "The writing upon the wall" came from that, where all yeah. of a sudden, like a ghost hand starts writing on the wall. And DLC, the what, twelve plagues of Egypt or whatever. Seven. Get to do seven plagues seven of Egypt. Plagues? You do all. Yeah, let's let's make Exodus into. Oh, and then you do the fucked up stuff where it's just like 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 the Pharaoh wants to comply, wants to let them free, but God hardens his heart. So that he actually says, no, I'm not going to let the Israelites free. So we have another plague on Egypt. Because God wanted to show how... Fuck him up, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to fuck him up. Some people got a bum rap. Because also, like, Pontius Pilate, who's like, um, how about we let Jesus go and keep this Barabbas guy? No. Because the people never let a murderer like Barabbas free. And then, of course, they're like, and we want the murderer like yeah, Barabbas that's, that's, free. That's, the, that's what I was saying, the anti-Semitism yeah. stuff. That's, what's, that's, that's, the, that's the controversial passage in John that, that has like um, been the whole like basis of that. Because they're like, they're, they're, Jesus could look, they had a choice. Yeah. Oh, I know, it's Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate is like, my name's now attached to that forever. Proper, I, I'm just a government guy. Proper European guy. Just following orders, Kevin? I'm, well, they are Romans. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty bad. Just following orders. Also, Rome, you follow orders or you get, like, beheaded. Press RB to blow the horn and bring the walls of, the walls of Jericho down. Oh, shit. Jericho oh. could be, like... Then he got his top knot ponytail, and he tells you how welcome to Raw is Jericho. And then there's like, and then there's also a quest where it's like quest updated, leave Lot, and then uh, or no, not Lot. Uh, what's uh, Gomorrah? Leave Gomorrah, and then optional. Turn around. Press Y to turn around. Hey, I wonder what. Oh, game over. <laughs> Congratulations, you have gotten the Pillar of Salt achievement. Yeah. Oh my God. See it right itself. I mean, I would play it because it's fucking there's a, crazy. There's a lot of new t- or Old Testament that could be a pretty mm-hmm. fun game. I- I'm surprised I haven't seen like 40 different <laughs> religious protests about this so far. How dare you trivialize our Messiah's life? Uh, things kind of got a lot more yeah. chill lately. Well, we'll see. Anyways, Kevin. I mean, like, otherwise we'd get protests about his dark materials, like with the Golden Compass it's movie. Because that movie got protest and sucked. And meanwhile, the show, yeah. it's getting no protest. Because it's on HBO. And this one's a little more authentic with showing, like, they are the church. Oh, I want to show it already. 
I'm looking forward to how the the last like two episodes of the show yeah. are either going to be really insane or really a letdown. It's going to be the, the end of Ava all over again. It's going to be still drawings huh? and then words. Yep. You know the worst thing of watching Ava after it came out on Netflix was watching it in college is like, this is so cool. Watching it nowadays, it's like, a lot of it just, it's not what I remember. I remember it being cooler, but also I I forgot that anime back then, most of what I could get my hands on was horrible. I mean, also just much older. Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to be into Limp Biscuit. It's true. And corn. Oh yeah, I used to be really into corn. Did it for the what? Tobuki. Come on. Tobuki. Come on. So you could take this cookie? And stick it up here. She'll say yeah, Dan. Yeah. Stick it up here. Yeah. There you go. What's what's their best album, Dan? Is I it, don't know. Is it the uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dogs? Is no. Best album. Is there a best album? Three dollar bill, y'all. Is there a best album? <laughs> They're all tied for worst. Anyways. The best the best track on any Limp Bizkit album is the hidden track where um, it's weird. Matt, Pin, Matt Pinfield like goes off on uh, Instinct and Backstreet Boys. I think that's on the. The three the three dollar bill win. Yeah, that for yeah, sure he is. Does like a like a three minute rant about how he fucking hates boy bands. Sure. With like, like weird noises in yeah, the background. It's like, remember hidden tracks. Remember hidden tracks. I remember like there's no hidden tracks. Anymore. Less than Jake had a content. You don't buy albums anymore. Yeah. You just but let's do it on Spotify. Then you just click on the actual yeah. track. What really sucks is listening to modern or listening old music on like you know digital streaming. Some of the hidden stuff was really cool, and you can't find some of it anymore. Like anything where you had to play like from negative sixty up to zero on a track. You know where it wasn't after the song but before the song. Yeah, kids nowadays don't know. Nope. It's kind of like Less Than Jake had a contest on their uh, album Automatic. Whoever could find their hidden track first and write in to tell what it was, like won some swag or some shit. And the hidden track was if you load up the CD on track one, you hold down rewind, and not every CD player could even do this. You go before zero (coughs) on track one, Hmm. and there's like a whole like hidden thing that's really cool, but like don't hear that anymore. No. It's gone. Uh, we're just old men right now. We're just talking yeah. about Kevin, what are you going to play this week? What's on the agenda? I need to finish Arise. Alright. I'm kind of torn on Bug Fables. It's like I want to play that game more. I want to like it, but I might have to give up on that. I actually reinstalled Grand Theft Auto 5. Because I was watching from ESA. Um, they had a speed run of GTA San Andreas. And I was like, man, I kind of want to play GTA again. Because watching speed run of their GTA San Andreas was pretty cool. And I was like, maybe I want to play that. Then they're saying at the end, like, you know, they always say, hey, if you want to speed run this game, there's a good community, blah, blah. Instead, they're like, if you want to speed run this game on PC, don't. This game is incredibly broken. Rockstar did not port it to PC properly. Don't play it. Uh, we had backup saves for every single mission because this game breaks. So it's like, maybe I want to play GTA 5. So I reinstalled it last night. Mm-hmm. And then I loaded it up. I haven't loaded any Rockstar stuff on my computer in, well, since the last time I did GTA 5, like three years ago. And loaded up the Rockstar, like... Social Club? No, no, the oh, their launcher. Their launcher. launcher, yeah. And then when you load it up... 
at one point, loading the game, it goes, Hey, if you see this symbol, it means cloud saves are going on. Don't turn off the game. Do you want to initiate cloud saving? I was like, holy fuck. Now I kind of want to play that game. Because I played like like a third of the way through GTA Five on computer. And then the computer I was playing it on was my old computer. I tried playing on my new computer, which could play higher settings. No cloud saves. At which point I was like, fuck this, I'm done. But it's been three years. I play it again. Cool. Dan. Oh, I'm probably going to beat Sekiro within the next, I don't know, 12 hours. Cool. I'll be next sitting and probably just churn right through the game. Dan, we're just going to play so Destiny. That's so all it's going to happen. Destiny 2. Dang. Uh, well, I'm going to play more of Disco Elysium. And then Destiny New Season comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. And then I'll be like, what am I doing? No, that was last weekend. Every weekend, yeah. what am I doing? Why are so we much playing destiny. this game? Because you can play it and not really get to, not have to concentrate too. Yeah, Sekiro is too hard, and I'm gonna get mad. And then Disco Elysium makes me crazy. <laughs> and it's a lot of words, so you might. It's, get... a, it's work. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of work. It is a bra- It is. It is well, because yeah, intense. you're trying to really yeah. like fit the conversation. Mm-hmm. And you're like. Like, I have to get something out of this guy, but there's, like, certain things I can play anyway. And sometimes when you're playing a game, you kind of need a brief moment of, like, action or jumping or something to kind of get your brain turned off and refresh. That, too. I think that's the best game, uh, uh, the little bit I played, the best game of the year with a bunch of caveats. If you're in the mood for it. That's the weird thing on Nier, by the way. Nier had, like, there was one section... That you went through like twice in the game, or if you try and get multiple endings, you go through more than twice, where it is just a black screen with white font, like like just a choose-your-own-adventure back in the Zork days. And it is a shit ton of reading. Like, it was almost, one of the sections was almost 50 minutes long of just reading. It's weird. I'm going to play the waiting game. As I wait for my new PC to arrive. As you wait for the Jesus game? No. no. I'm, the Jesus is in the form of the 2080 that's coming in my new PC. TI? No, I didn't go with the TI. I, I don't need that insanity. That's also like $400 more than you the regular two letters 2080. letters on the end of yeah. the video card. <laughs> oh, I recently got, speaking of like video cards and stuff, Steam did the whole want to submit the information of your computer to put it on our, you know, like update what people yeah, yeah. use what hardware. They have a really big problem, I think. Not like giant problem, but it scans just then what your VR is. What's great about the Valve Index is the breakaway cable is super convenient to break it away and when you're not using your headset, just put it away completely. Mm-hmm. It's easier breakaway, like the breakaway on the uh, Vive was really easy, but that bundle of cords was still a pain in the ass. Yes, this one's super easy on the breakaway. It feels good, so it's broken away. According to them, I don't have a VR headset. Seems like it should ask, like, is everything hooked up? Because nah. I didn't have it hooked up. Nah. It's like in previous years, it would read my my backup monitor as my main monitor and kept saying, and your video output maximum is 1080. It's like, no, it's not. All right. They don't do that good. Well, let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening. We'll be back sometime in the future. You know what I'm going to do this weekend? That's a fun game. I'm going to Butcher. Uh-huh. 
I'm ordering for Christmas Wagyu beef roast. That sounds fantastic. Because they have Snake River Wagyu, the same stuff you find at the Uber, like, yeah. nice steakhouses. The good, Ameri- the good American Wagyu, yeah. And so they have, for twenty nine ninety nine a pound, ain't too shabby. No, for 16 ounces of, yeah, I mean, that's... You could get either a rib roast or a New York loin roast. We're going to go loin just because with the rib roast, oh, yeah. you cut off so much of that because mm-hmm. you have the fat rind yeah. on the outside. Loin roast, you don't have much no. of that fat. So we're going with the loin. We're going to get like a 10-pound, like Christmas dinner is going to be $300 of beef. That's fantastic. We figure, yeah. God, every once in a while, you got to anybody tells you anything above medium rare on that thing, you kick them out. What I like is I've got my meter thermometers. Mm -hmm. Meter, like Mm M-E-A-T-E-R. Those things are really cool. Product placement that's not paid for. If you do cooking of meat... Meters are really cool. I have like a block with four probes. You put the probe in, it reads the ambient on the butt of the wireless probe. It reads the temperature at the probe end of it. And then it'll read as the meat heats up and you tell it how hot you want. It'll tell you like five minutes before it's time to pull it out. It'll have you pull it out. It'll rest outside the oven or barbecue or whatever. It'll get up to the right temperature. Almost always works spot on. If you have a weird shape of meat, it doesn't work perfect. But it works really good, and then, like, comes out just perfect. And if a motherfucker says, like, I don't want medium rare... Get the fuck out. I'll say, cool, you can have the very edge of this meat, then get the fuck out. And then I'll, when they're like, well, I'll try that edge piece, I'll slap out their hand and be like, I'm eating that, that's my meat. You don't deserve it. Get out. Yep. Ray's taking us out with the dad. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, Dan. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Very well. I said bye. Uh, uh, good tidings. Happy holidays. See you next Christmas. Be nicer. I hate the fact that everyone's all about this war on the holidays. I can't even say, like, happy uh, happy Honda days anymore. It's the season of giving. Well, I it's the happy automobile festival time. I mean, it's our society, right? We can't say Merry Christmas without repercussions. I'm probably going to get arrested in the next hour because I just said Merry Christmas. I said it again. You're just going to hell now. Yeah. By the way, important message. I was stopped from saying Merry Christmas several times already. If you see one of those Santas ringing a bell with the red kettle, donate your money to a good charity that's not full of hate. I mean, if you want to do something wrong, you drop some money in that kettle, then you go Chick-fil-A and you know you're a bad piece of shit. Yep. Fuck Chick-fil-A. Fuck Salvation Army. Hatred, not cool. Be like Billy D. Williams. You know he smooth. loves everyone. Smooth as can be. Yeah. Be right. smooth. And drink a Colt 45. Goodbye. It's just disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yes? <laughs> For those listening, Dan is just shot everyone. Hulk apparently attempting to bowl with Jean Grey's head. Red just fits into his hand. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like a character in the cartoon, but goddamn, that's a little harsh, Dan. Oh, shit. <laughs> also, X-Men does not hold up in today's day and age. Uh, oh. It's rough. It's rough, it's rough, it's rough. There are some things watching on Disney Plus where it's like, I like this growing up. I should not watch it and just enjoy that nostalgia. Remember, kids, the stories can still be good. 
but the animation can be still bad. And the voice acting can be rough. <clears throat> yeah, and also, the it's more the details, where it's just like... This character's not talking, why are their lips moving? Yeah, it's just like the details. Like, the big stories are fine, but they're also just the X-Men stories. Like, <sighs> I still enjoy watching it a little <laughs> bit, but yeah. it's also, like, weird. Yep. Although, if you like Spider-Man cartoons, Disney Plus has enough Spider-Man cartoons to last you forever. And Avengers cartoons. I like the Spider-Man anime series that was out, like, the mid to late 90s. Oh, yeah. That's the, such a good show. Yeah. And then it ended with him, with Stan Lee, mm-hmm. in the real world. Yeah. That's cool. Alright, we're done. Kevin, let's turn off the podcast. And then when Fantastic Kevin, Four, turn off the podcast! When the thing was dead, and they filmed Kevin, it in, in heaven, it please, wasn't, you know who God was up in heaven? It was Stan Lee who wrote back the thing, and he's back alive. Please stop. Fine. Thank you. I didn't turn it off. I know you didn't, you son of a bitch. Turn it off. <laughs>